Instagram filter is. We can set it to that as well. Yeah, we need Just that. So he likes the one with the, the, the nice glitter glow. and the butterflies or whatever yes. that one is. Like yes. the long lashes. Good. I got a butterfly on there. Is that one? Yeah. Honey in your nose. Yeah. Like a little bear, you yes. know, with a honey pot and a little butterfly. Yeah, I need all the help I can get. <laughs> all right, we rolling? Uh, rolling. We're rolling. So we're back again. We got a big hunt guys podcast. I don't know what episode this is. Probably pushing seventy, I think, at this point. Amazing. Which is amazing that we've been able to keep this thing running once a week <laughs> for over a year. Have you thought about that? I have. It actually is really impressive for us. I, for us, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's all in context, right? Um, but yeah, we're back. Um, yeah, we brought a bunch of visual aids today, obviously. Yes. Um, this think, is show and tell. Show and tell. I Literally. think at some point, I think it might have been on YouTube or it might have been in my my DMs on Instagram. Somebody accused me of not having a real shed hunter on the podcast. <laughs> well, that was keep, on YouTube. Keep looking. YouTube? Yeah, keep looking. <laughs> <laughs> you got the wrong guys. Yeah. They said, you can't really talk about shed hunting because nobody on the podcast is an actual shed hunter. So we decided to go out and find a couple of actual shed hunters. Do, like do, you, guys, do, you, do you consider yourself a shed hunter? I would say you're so. A shed yeah, hunter? absolutely. You guys well, are both from Utah, so yeah. technically, I think that makes you a shed hunter. Love to shed hunt. I wouldn't say I'm professional by any means. If if Wander. you're from Utah, you're a shed hunter. It goes yes. Both That's of your brims like, are a little too bent. <laughs> Way too bent. <laughs> you know, and your ears aren't tucked in. Yeah, I, I don't even want to get into that. <laughs> yeah. Regardless, we got a couple guys. You guys both work for Go Hunt. We got. Uh, we've lovingly called you Branson B. Jackin Jackson. Where does B. Jackin? Is that just a it's nickname just a, you've had forever? Yeah, it's just a nickname that's stuck. And uh, I like it, so I refer to myself as it. Is, is that sometimes. your Instagram handle? No. I it's his internal Slack handle, like to the business, is B. Jackin. <laughs> it's the best when a reporter asks me, at B. Jackin. I'm like, oh. This is, yeah. HR's never called that? Nope, Scotty's never called me up on that. Um, he gotta, calls me it, too. So He does? Perfect. Oh, yeah, yeah. we got a good HR department. Yeah, we love them. We've got an Shout open culture, Scotty. you know? Yeah. Pretty open. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Yeah. <laughs> and we got Braden Bone Zone. Bone Zone Jennings. The Bone Zone Jennings. I love that nickname you gave him. That's, That's pretty great. good. Huh? When did you get B Jacket? Was that high school, college, or is that college? Us? College. Be college. Yeah. 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 Your jersey in high school didn't say B Jacket on the back. I missed out on a good nickname in high school. I never yeah, had one stick know. until college. I'm like, that's it. That's me. Nice <laughs> B Jacket. That's me. We always. Yeah. <laughs> always be Jacket. Always. Yeah, so we brought you guys in. You guys work for Go Hunt. Maybe give us a quick introduction as to who you are and what you do here. Yeah, I'll go ahead. Um, customer service, if you call and talk about boots, gear, probably going to talk to me. Love it. Um, I've worked on and off Go Hunt for years, um, full time for the last couple of years, um, doing gear stuff, research stuff. Loved it. Great group of guys. Um, more than that, a um, lot of hunting. Uh, me and Lorenzo, me and Porter, and Trail been on a couple of hunts. Weird. That's right. Yeah, definitely, definitely friends before coworkers. So that was that was a good time. Yeah, we we tried to talk you into working for us for a long time. Years, and you kept saying no because you didn't want to stop hunting. It's hard. Yeah, <laughs> I, to to not be able to hunt as much as I possibly want it was it was a hard adjustment, but it's been good. I've enjoyed it for sure. How for long you been time, with you know? us? Yeah, what's how happened? long you been here? Um, you were you were se- seasonal part time? Was in, that what you call it while you were going to school? Intern since 17, 16, 17, right around there. And yeah, I was doing narratives, product descriptions, all throughout that, and then full time since nineteen, right around there, nineteen twenty. B. Jackins about to get married. Did you know that? I yeah. did know that. Two yeah. weeks coming up. 
good for you. The Ball whole way down. Here it comes. <laughs> the whole way down today, we're driving down. He's on the phone making wedding plans. He's like the wedding planner over there. <laughs> Gotta love that. Was, I love it. He's wanting to make sure his corsage is just right. The yeah. flowers are perfect. Yeah. You know what's sweet? Speaking of shed antlers, my buddy makes... <laughs> Were we talking about shit? <laughs> well, we're supposed to. We <laughs> okay, go ahead. Um, uh, he makes, have you heard of Mini Muleys? Yeah, well, yeah. He makes, he made a shed horn for me that we're putting flowers in. And oh, there you go. That's my, all the guys are getting that. So on, that's pretty sweet. On your lapel? Yeah. It's awesome. Dang, right. Very nice. Where are you, you're getting married in Cedar? Cedar, yep. Having two receptions. Can't wait. Pumped. <laughs> Why two receptions? <laughs> Just one in Monroe, one in Canab. The families. She had to do it. Yeah, she had to do the whole Monroe thing, and my family wanted the Canab thing. It's uh, good old Canab. I love getting married. This is great. <laughs> this is great. <laughs> getting married. Yep. You nervous? Not nervous. I'm just excited, ready for it to be done. The initial planning, so I can stop fighting with my future wife. <laughs> <laughs> can I say that? Can we is that she gonna out? be watching this? Yeah, hopefully not. I'm gonna say, ah, oh, yeah, I didn't get recorded today. <laughs> I see you on Instagram. You're always putting her out there. I try. She's. Smoking hot. Does she? <laughs> I am lucky. I'm, she's so far out of my league. Does she push you on that? She like, hey, I haven't seen a post about no, me. No, no, absolutely not. not her, she huh? doesn't. She hates to post. She hates when I smooth her over. Hates when I compliment her in public. You're just trying to show your, you know, what you want. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, she uh, she goes shout hunting with you. Um, she like the outdoors. A little bit. We're trying to teach her the ropes. Mm-hmm. Um, she's new, but. She hasn't yet found anything awesome yet. And I know when she does, she's going to lose it. When you go out together, does she keep right by her? Or do you, you're like, right behind really? me. Really? Just like a little you puppy. Haven't, you haven't been able to like push her <laughs> off? No, like, I, I try. Like, hey, if you drop down this hill 50 100%. yards, I'm like, just we'll go double our on the effort. other side of that tree in parallel. No, no way. I'll stick right behind you. She's got sunflower seeds, treats, water. As long as we keep her happy, she'll hike right with me. Like hell of a hiker. Like I love it. But yeah, not yet to get her to expand her horizons quite yet. Gotcha. So you grew up where? Canab, Utah. Canab. Oh, glorious place. <laughs> <laughs> it's changed a lot. It has. It's it's gone downhill. Thank you, tourists, for that. But it's still It's I kinda mean, like little Moab now. It yeah. is, exactly. And the, the people in charge of Canab are trying to make it go towards Moab. Not a fan of it. But I've been lucky enough to grow up on the ponds and uh pick up some bone. Pick up some. And so I've been pretty lucky in that matter to grow up in one of the best units in, in the country, really. Yeah. Gotcha. How about you, Braden? Well, I'm Braden Jennings. If you call in, I'm most likely the one answering the phone. Um, I are, help. You the, are you the first contact? It's usually me or Taylor, yeah, but usually. yeah, usually I'm the one answering the phone. Gotcha. So it, that, that's always a fun side of things, being able to talk to you guys every day. Um, I'm over the CS side of maps, so if you guys have mapping issues, usually I'm the one that you talk to. Um, also, with anything shipping or anything like that, um, <laughs> I'm usually the one helping. So it's, it's been awesome. I've been here about eight months, and we're, we're neighbors, and he introduced me, and I met Brandon, and the rest was history. You so guys are next-door neighbors? Right next door. You guys oh go boy. out together? We, no, we do haven't. You, do you keep it separate? We, it you lie to each other a lot? Cool. He's too cool to go with me, <laughs> No, so. it's not even that. It's just uh, He is pretty cool. I, he no, is. No. He is. <laughs> I get to come home and see the horns that he finds. And, like, they crush it. They went out for a week last week, and I just was so jealous. Mm-hmm. And so I get to see You're that. over there just about to get married. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, <laughs> you're planning wedding luncheons. Uh, he might say I'm too cool. Bones on Jennings like, is over there just plucking them. In the bone zone. <laughs> the bone zone. Bone zone, baby. <laughs> so you've been here about eight months, you say? Yeah. Where'd you grow up? Utah as well? Uh, yeah, Nephi, Utah. Okay. 
Very good. One thing I noticed right here is I'm the only one at the table wearing a jacket, and that's because you, we're in Vegas. Yeah. Vegas, baby. I think it's May, it's May 9th. I think Vegas. it's because the three of you guys all look like you just got a pump on. <laughs> no. I just we're, tried we to keep talk, up with the rents. We were talking no. earlier about creatine. <laughs> and then I just looked around and I was like, degrees. apparently this is the gun show. <laughs> That's I, I sit back here like this. Just like this. Just keep out of <laughs> into the gun show. Man, the rents are looking good. Yeah. By the way. That's why yeah. we put Braden up here closer so that yeah. he, he looked bigger right. than I'm just going to hide back here. You guys don't get to, do you guys lift, lift weights together? I'm not cool enough to be invited. Um, I've tried to get him to come with me, but nothing. I we, even try to get we go to place. different gyms. Okay, yeah. yeah. How many gyms are there in Cedar? Oh, there's, How do you guys, there's like two or three, maybe. Yeah. You guys are next door neighbors, but you go to different gyms, and yeah. this mm-hmm. makes no sense. Yeah. Well, you, you know, he uses excuses. My color schemes are off. It looks like McDonald's in there. Yeah, it's fair. It it's red and yellow. You know, that's the color scheme. It's not. Mm, it's not lovely, and I understand that. But I get it. I get whatever equipment I want. I get. He's fighting for it. <laughs> yeah, I am. There's too many but, people that go to his gym. I get in free, so my wife's a personal trainer at Vasa. So shout, shout out to, to Vasa, Ange. yeah, and Ange, yeah. <laughs> so I get in free, so I just really? go there every morning, and yeah, it's nice, not too bad. A lot Branson, of old people. Branson also sleeps in. We determined. Yeah. Oh boy, I love my sleep. Blanton, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Branson likes to sleep in the morning. Hey, I'm a night work router. That's when muscles grow. About when six. You sleep. Yeah. You know. Yep. Is that? Is there some theory behind that? No. That's oh yeah. Like that's. The science behind it. So you're supposed to lift later in the day? No, I or mean, does that does it matter when you rest? Sure. Li- rest. Whenever. I mean, uh, I mean, if you really want to get into the science behind this whole thing, <laughs> it, you're supposed not to. Not that I care, but <laughs> you're I'm supposed sure to, someone does. You're supposed to lift or do any like you know um, physical activity. That at your your peak would be when your body temperature is the highest, which. Everyone is a little bit different, but it's going to land somewhere between like one and three in the afternoon okay. is when your body temperature is the highest. Um, and then you want to, you want to keep it away from when your body temperature is the lowest, which is right when you're about to fall asleep. Hmm. It's like you're, that's what you're trying to manage, but not all of us can so, go lift weights at fucking yeah. Brady's, in the afternoon. Brady's midnight lift yeah. sessions are actually <laughs> doing good. him no good. <laughs> <Not> good. <laughs> He'd be better off to do it evening, early evening yeah, or morning morning. Be much better. He's off. out bear hunting today, by the way. Yes, we should probably is. note that Brady, you know, Brady, Brady you know more out bear hunting in Idaho, New Mexico, Mexico, Idaho, Mexico. He's in, he's in France, France right now. I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. Yeah. So Brady's out out bear hunting today, but we thought we'd invite you guys on. You guys both live in Cedar City. You work out of our Cedar City office. So those of you that might not be aware. We have the main office in Vegas, which how often do you guys get asked that? Um, quite a bit on quite phones, a bit. honestly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, people always want to know, where are you guys located? Yeah. I'm like, Vegas. And then they're always like, Vegas? Yeah. I'm like, yeah, we're trying to get Lorenzo to move it. But yeah, he, he won't. It got we? close there for a little bit, but yeah. I just couldn't do it. Yeah, no, Vegas is a good hub, it's, you know, good, good hunting culture. I think so. It's actually, it's like super overlooked. I've told people this for a long time, but like Vegas is not, if you don't live here, your perception of Vegas could not be more different than what it is as a resident of, of Vegas. Yeah. Like it's kind of, it's, it's a cool place. It kind of is what you make of it. Right. Like I live out in North town, just kind of out below the mountains, like tons of BLM land, tons of, uh, yep. you know, outdoor activities constantly. It's like not what you would think about, you know? And you got your deadline for Nevada coming up. This won't yeah, be released in time, but mm-hmm. it'll be a day after. So deadlines tomorrow. Yeah. I think tomorrow the 10th. Do you already apply? No, I can't decide what I'm going to do. Yeah, that's me. I've like gone, I've like 
put in my choices and I'm like, I don't know if I want to do that. Forth. I think so I keep, I don't know. Nevada mule deer is probably the one application that I wrestle with more than any other application Man, it's be all good year. year. Yeah. Like even Colorado, when you've have all the different units and all the different hunts, that one in Nevada is like the one that I put more, more thought, more effort into thinking yep. about than any other. I wrestle with that for a week. Yep. And I'm a <laughs> resident least. with 10 points right now. Yeah. So I'm like, you got options. Ooh, you got I got options. options and I cannot, cannot decide. I, I'm I a non-resident with 10, which means a whole hell of a lot less. A whole lot less. <laughs> a whole lot less than where I'm sitting. Than it does for you. Yeah. And for elk, elk, it almost means nothing. I almost cried just here right there. I got, <laughs> you okay, man? I got a little choked up uh, thinking how insignificant my points are in uh, Nevada for elk. But um, before we dive in, we're going to talk about shed antlers, obviously, today. We, we mentioned earlier we needed to have some real shed hunters. That's why we invited yeah, you guys here we on. Are. You're welcome. Well, we're, we need some real, some live banter with friends who understand each other's, you know, humors and mm-hmm. you know, oh, yeah. point of view. Because we did, so we got called out on, well, Trail did on uh, YouTube. Trail. I'm a, that, I've been insensitive to shed hunters. <laughs> yeah, that we were insensitive to shed hunters, which I would agree. And I thought we kind of just straight up said, you know, if you are a shed hunter, probably not going to like what we have to say. Because like none of me, you or Brady, it's not what we're into. It's not what we do. It's not what we think about. You know what I mean? I used to a lot. I yeah. mean, I, it's like you I did to- say that. I love it's the like I told this guy. I, I did used to shed hunt quite a bit. I spent a good amount of time, like in my early twenties and thirties. I did. I I got a lot of weeks in every every spring. I get out and get. Shed I don't hunt. know if I've ever been. Sh- Actually, I know that I've never been shed. You never been? Never. Not, not one time ever. Mm-hmm. Never. No kidding. Never. Not one. Have time. you ever had the desire? Never. Not one time. Why not? <laughs> I, I don't know. It's just not. It's. I I like the animal on the hoof. I like the, you know, I like the animal alive. I, if I were, you know, people go after like certain animals to pick up their sheds. I would rather just kill it or like be with the person that killed it mm-hmm. and find it when it's alive, right? Like I don't, you know, and I hear stories all the time about yeah, but if you find their sheds, you know where their winter grounds are, and then you can kind of but put you know, pieces go from together there and yeah, track back and there. see which. I, I, yeah, there's I can understand that there is some truth there, but. That's kind of more of a shot in the dark, in my opinion, than mm-hmm. than anything, right? Like, um, is that know, time of year just, typically like busy for you? More busy yeah, than like for sure. That's always that's that is a good point. Like, it's definitely been this is our busy season, and it was too when in my previous mm-hmm. life uh, in the casino industry. Yeah, like this this time of year, people is, starting to travel. And it's like pre-summer, so like pre-summer is mm-hmm. always busy, right? And it was in the casino industry, same as it is here. And uh, yeah, so I mean, it definitely played a role in it, but like I've never been motivated motivated by like the grown-up Easter egg hunt. It's just never been a thing for me. <laughs> I knew these digs were coming. <laughs> from right? so I love it. It's just never been a thing for me. The grown-up like, Easter egg. Like just wander <laughs> and find an Easter egg. It's just never been never yeah. been a thing for me. Yeah, for me, it's become kind of a time it's a, it's a time crunch for yeah. me is what it's ultimately become. And it used to be like when my kids were smaller, they you know they weren't playing sports on weekends, especially through the spring. It seems like you got everything going. You got basketball still going on. I've got kids starting to play soccer, so it seems like every weekend now I'm going to you know two or three or five games. So it's just like harder to find time to go out and shed hunt. But let me uh, let me jump into your guys's motivations. Oh, why? What's what's the deal? I, I think it's funny hearing Lorenzo's perspective because I have a way different perspective. I'm never going to be able to hunt these animals. There's just no way, shape, or form. 
especially like let's say deer in Utah and you know finding bighorns like this I've grown up my whole life on that I don't want to apply for deer um, I have a, a theory that I can kill a big deer on a general unit. Mm-hmm. And so I don't apply for liberty entry. I like elk. I'm an elk guy through and through. Uh-oh. And so I'd rather... Too bad Brady's not here. Yeah. They would just talk for hours on this. <laughs> You're an so, elk guy through and through. Oh my gosh, I love elk. You grew up next to the Ponsagon. That's the thing. I've had too much deer. And I've talked about this with a lot too of people. Too much deer. Yeah. I have hunted deer my entire life. I've picked up deer horns my entire life. But something big and yellow that screams at you and says, I'm over here, I love it. It just gets me going. Oh, man. Do you think that's an age thing? I've, t- I've talked about this before, but I think it's an age thing. I think, like, when I was a kid growing up, it was mule deer because we just didn't, we didn't have a ton of elk. We started yeah, to get more and more elk. Years, like, yeah. I talked about my dad hunting back in the, you know, 80s. There were very few elk, a lot of deer, so everybody was, like, deer crazy. I mean, right. we, the, the big family deer camp was such a huge deal. And then, like, Utah, early 2000s, we really started to become a elk state. You know, you started killing a bunch of 400-inch bulls, and you were at that young, impressionable age. No, I think there's a lot of truth behind that. You were watching DVDs, I bet, back then. Me and Doyle. You and Doyle. (laughs) (laughs) What was his DVD series called? Uh, Do you remember? Scream? Monster. Monster Bulls. Monster Bulls. No. No, I can't remember the name of it. I can't remember. Oh, what was it? Mossback. It's screaming something, isn't it? Screaming Shit, I can't believe I we can't remember yeah, this. Mid podcast. But okay. I, re- I remember that series coming out. But do you think it's an age thing? I, I, I've never really thought about that, but it makes a lot of sense because it's super impressionable. When you're a kid, that's, that stuff's awesome. And so, I mean, that's the way I look at it is I, I've just been around deer my whole life. And so when I was introduced to elk, I thought it was new and awesome. Yeah. And I've just gravitated towards that my entire life. Like the first time I picked up an elk horn, I was like, that is way cooler than this little deer horn. Is you know? it a horn or an antler? Antler, gosh dang it. I'll be, <laughs> you I'll be call correct. that on that one. You yeah. horn hunters. <laughs> I will horn hunters. be corrected 20 times over 20 times over that. I, I call it the horn. Horn's just easier to say, right? Yes. I, I think that's a small town hick thing, too. I think so, no, too. No, that's like yeah. it is. Yeah. We're not politically correct. Guys K-Nab, with bent. Utah. <laughs> <laughs> Guys with bent brims. So. Yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> I get in that mailbox. <laughs> But yeah, we can call it horn hunting. Yeah. I mean, it, 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 I just, you know, to, to go off what Lorenzo said, I'm, I'm the complete opposite. I, I'm never going to be able to hunt these animals, especially in, say, Nevada, in these premier elk units. I can go pick up horns, not very likely, but off a 380 bull. And to me, that's awesome. Is it going to be as much gratification as killing it? Absolutely not. Is but it not? I know. I, I, like, I will hands down mm-hmm. hunt actual animal over shed hunting. But like I said, I'm not going to have that opportunity. And so I just think it's awesome to, you know, to, again, to go off what Lorenzo said, let's say, you know, like when I guide and I hunt on a, a Utah unit during the archery and I spend a lot of time with him on the summer and I get to know these patterns and I get to know these deer to hold that horn in my hand at the end of the year and to actually see measurements. I love that. Like mm-hmm. how far was I off? Like I saw that I thought this deer was this big. I get to hold that horn and be like, oh, I was really close. You know, or I get to see different characteristics, drop tines, or, you know, I just love to hold the horns and see the characteristics. I just love, you know, animals. So I think it's sweet. You bring up a good point that makes me think, I think some of the guys that I know that are the best uh, judge of what an animal might score on the hoof are guys that put a lot of time into shed hunting and handle a lot of sheds. Like, I know a lot of guys that can tell you pretty precisely, and I think it's because they've had the ability to pick up and look at so many sheds in hand. Yeah, I like that. 
So I don't disagree with that at all. But like, it's not my my motivating thing either. So like, yeah, you know, what else do you like about it? I get in shape. Uh, Me and him were talking about it earlier. Yeah, is I use it to hike my butt off and to to make the falls easier. Like for me, I, I can't just go get on a stair stepper and that doesn't do it for me. If I throw in my pack, you know, I've got my optics, I've got my backpack, I've got snacks, I've got a jacket, and I'm headed up to the tallest peak to get on a south slope, you know, that's going to take a pretty good push. And I'll push myself. Like, when I'm out there, and I'm like, well, I'm tired. I better stop taking a breath. No, I keep going. And so I use it to get in shape. That's a huge one for me. When I wasn't doing it as much, I literally was getting fatter. And I was like, I need to go hike. I talked to my wife. be like, listen, uh, I got to go hike. You got to get in wedding shape. Exactly. Gotta I got to fit in that suit. <laughs> and that thing is That's what it is right now. That's the big push right Isn't now. Isn't the wedding sure. shape thing? It's, that's another interesting thing to me, too. Like this whole wedding shape. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, just for the one. Like, yeah. How about just, is like, your bride to be getting in wedding shape? She already is in shape. Like she, I said, smoking hot. I, <laughs> I can't wait for her to see this. She's going to get so embarrassed. Brickell is her name. Shout out. Shout out. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Wedding shape is a thing, isn't it's it? It's so funny. Yeah. I don't think that was a thing for me. But that was a billion years ago. Yeah, but you're looking what, good always. What, uh, <laughs> when, did you start, when did you start shed hunting? So, do you remember? I do, actually. So my dad, he would actually put me in his backpack <laughs> and take me with him. And so as soon as I could walk, or even just a little bit before that, I was going along with my dad. It was something that was always ingrained in our family. And so that, like, listen to what both of your responses are. Like, I feel like mine's a lot similar to Branson's in a way, especially like for like the mental and physical aspect of things. Mental. Because what do, you no, mean, what do you mean? What do you mean mental? Mental. It, that's a huge one Big. because you go through like let's look at this last year, right? In Utah, we had this horrible winter. Like you're going to work in the dark, you're coming home in the dark, you're not doing much on the weekends, and to be able out to be out in God's country and hike around and actually just be out and enjoy it, that's where it was huge for me. Like yeah, it's awesome finding some sheds and and being able to hike around. But like just being out in nature that time of year is just you can't beat it oh yeah i craved it like now that he like talks about mental i had to have mental breaks like god bless work but there's times when you got to leave you got to unplug turn you the give phone me half off. your hours what are you what are you trying to say <laughs> i don't know what you're talking about <laughs> what's up we get full work work weeks out of you what's going on <laughs> go on Fri- go on fridays yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. testing maps you know doing those types of things looking at maps I, I literally needed it mentally, you know, like, like you said, that winter lasted for eight months, you know, we were in snow all the time up in Utah. And so I needed that mental break, you know, like getting out and to enjoy it, getting in shape, like we talked about, but just to unplug and to take a deep breath, it's, it goes a long ways for me, for sure. There's one thing I can agree with on the shed hunting. There's one thing I can agree with. There is no question. The only way to get in shape for hunting is to be out there, right? Mm-hmm. Unstable footing, side hills, oh, yeah. backpack on, yeah. heavy backpack on. And it's not, you know, two hours in the morning. It's, it, you know, it's an endurance all day. Yeah. Manage your your thirst, your hunger, your endurance, all that stuff. That is the one thing that I, I can see the benefit in for sure. Um, but that's what scouting does a lot of those too. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. I, I think something that's huge too um, is, so I've been married a year and a half now. And my wife, she never was into shed hunting until we got married. And now every spring, that's something that we get out and do together. And so I definitely think it helps you build relationships, whether you're going with buddies or with your parents or whoever it may be. 
Um, I, I just think there's a lot of benefits to it. And obviously you can get that scouting or, you know, shooting clay pigeons or whatever it may be. Yeah. But that's just kind of the way that me and my wife connect. And she, obviously she finds way bigger antlers than I do. She picked up that giant brown a few it. days ago. Crushes and, it. And she crushes it. And so I think, especially from a marriage aspect of things, that's something that helps us a ton, <laughs> is being out, doing those recreational activities. You know, it, the gym's awesome, but like just being outside together. Like last night, got off work we went for a little hike just outside cedar and she picked up two antlers nothing giant but like I it, left, it was still I left fun those for you guys yeah you're welcome yeah. so. i just took those out of my stash in the garage and just you know i know Braden's gonna come yeah. along yeah like i i, you, I noticed you guys are speaking to like higher level things than just shed hunting, right? Like doing something with your wife. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, that's, Dr. Phil, what are you doing? Right, right? like having, <laughs> having, <laughs> a, Calm it down, having a, something to do with your wife or your sons or your kids, whatever mm-hmm. it is, like for sure, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm all about it. But like, if it wasn't shed hunting, would, could you think of anything else that you would be doing? That time of year? I don't know. It's hard, whether it, with weather and stuff, like we love fishing and stuff. <laughs> Like, I guess you can go out and hike around, but that kind of, unless I'm scouting or looking for antlers, like, I don't really care for it that much, yeah. you know? And so I, I, there's a lot of other benefits, obviously. Um, like, I paid for my wife's wedding ring with an antler pile. Like, that's, like, we collect so many every year that we just sell it. And then, like, right now, our rule since we've been married is all the money we make from finding antlers goes into our hunting funds. So that's gas or, you know, gear or in a new backpack or something. So we spend it like, you know, going out shed hunting and then we make it back and we put it back to hunting. So that's kind of a fun way just to kind of have a little savings on the side. And yeah. Yeah. So I got a question. I got a list of questions. I love I do questions. Too. <laughs> you do too? Yeah, keep up firing them up. Fire right. them up. Let's so this go. kind of goes into it. So part of, part of the motivation, you guys have kind of, you know, taken it to a deeper level. You talked to the reasons that you like it, mental, physical, just getting out, vitamin D, all that. Right. How much is uh, monetary gains? Do you, do you sell the sheds? How much is that a motivation for you, Shed Honey? I'm an opposite from him. I, uh, I don't do that well. Like, to be completely honest, like, I love to get out. But if I pick up a horn, it's a freaking bonus. And antler. that's how it's been this if year. You pick for up me. an antler. Gosh dang it. Sorry. Gonna, <laughs> a bone. Like I said, <laughs> this if you pick is up, get if you go to Bone Zone. If I pick it up, it, it's literally a bonus. Um, and and when I do, you know, pick something up, like, you know, a couple of these are kind of for my keeper pile. Um, if it's big enough, I keep it. I don't know why. How big has it got to be to keep it? I don't know. That's the thing is, like, I, I love unique. You know, like, if it's unique, I'll keep the heck out of it. Um, elk, like, 350. Mm-hmm. Um, I like that. Deer, you know, 180 plus. I just like to be, you know, to hold them in my hands. It's really weird. And I have a lot of my buddies who are the same way. They like to hold some bone in their hand, whether that's an antler or a horn. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Is that a knap thing? <laughs> but it's like not a, a lot of girls thing. in your high school. Like, what's going on? Dude, we only have 60 kids in my graduating <laughs> class. I mean, come on. Um, but no, it's, it, I do sell them, yeah, but I don't depend on a monetary like maybe Braden does. You're not going out to get rich? Nope. You're not, no way. You're not picking up. I spend up more money on gas. gas. 100%. How about you? 
Um, it's kind of the same way, honestly. Like we find it as a bonus if we get out and find them. And obviously I, I do think we're a little bit more diehard than most people. So like we'll, we'll do 10, 15 miles in a day easy mm -hmm. and we'll, we'll really grind and e-scout and put time in, you know, go out on the winter ranges and, and glass for these animals and things. And so, um, we definitely do it for a little bit of the money for sure. Um, I, I think that's a, a great way to just save up a little bit on the side. And so, especially, you know, not being married very long, kind of a young couple. And so we just do whatever we can to make it. And so I think that it's a great way to make money. And, you know, there's a lot of times we could turn up, you know, 10 antlers in a day. So it's, it's, it's a lot well of money. Worth it. How yeah, much it money is. do you think you make in a year? Like what's your, be your, your best year that you've had picking up? How much money do you think you've cleared in antlers? It depends. Um, I would say around three grand, depending on what we keep and what we sell. So, I mean, anywhere in that range. Three Anyone grands? Three grand? It's more than I thought you were going to say. Yeah. No, legit. Like, usually, um, so like last year before we sold, we had a pile in our, our, our hunting room in our apartment, and it was about as tall as that door mm -hmm. of elk sheds. And so every year we'll just kind of go through. And honestly, we don't usually do it for score, but if there's a nice set in there, something will keep it. But, like, I held on to this guy, like, just something unique. Um, and just for the memories and, and it's always fun, you know, it, whether he pulls up next door and I show him a set that we found or mm -hmm. something, it's just a lot of fun to show and tell. So yeah, there's a lot of money in those things. Like that brown elkhorn right there is probably 10 pounds. So let's talk about price. How much I, I I'm kind of aware, but give me the rundown on grading antlers. And I then, am not aware at all. If it's cool. not on the animal alive, I have no clue. <laughs> so it's simple. There's brown, there's white, and there's like a chalk horn pink, cracked, any of that. That's a different grading that these guys are going through uh, for deer and elk. So like that deer or that elk horn right there, let's say it's 10 pounds. Uh, right now, prices for that is $16 a pound. So that horn, 160 bucks right there. And if you find a couple, you've made some pretty good money. And Adds up quick. Yeah. And and then the white, I, what did I say they were? 10? It was mm -hmm. 16, 10 for a white horn uh, per pound. And then it's going to be like four for chalk. And then deer's going to be a little different. I talked to my buddy. He said 10, 10, 6, and 2 is what the prices are. Not not near as much money made for deer, but there is a lot of uh, money being made in, in elk. There's a, I think that's why it's so popular right now. Are prices higher now than they have been? Um, last year was the highest I've ever seen them, $19 a brown per pound for elk, which adds up for little guys from Canab. It adds up <laughs> pretty good. Does it matter if the antlers broke, chipped? Nope. doesn't matter. Mm -mm. Nope. Just it's got to be an antler. That's about yeah. it. Do you get more for a set? You can. That's that's one thing I've never pursued is like I've seen guys sell them on eBay or like there's like Facebook groups. And I've done sell that. Them. Yeah. And I've seen people make some money. I like, always sold my sets on eBay. Yeah. I, mm -hmm. I always got more money selling on eBay. But then this is also, you know, 20 some years ago when prices weren't that high. Yeah. For antler. And it seems to be that they're higher now. I think I want to say back then it was like maybe 10 bucks a pound for brown at the time. Mm -hmm. And I could make a lot more money selling them on eBay. Yeah. I've heard of guys, if you find a giant cool set, say 400 inch elk, a couple grand, maybe north of, you know, six, seven, eight grand. It's just a bunch of money, you know? Yeah. And so it, I guess that's where it comes down to is like, well, you're doing it for money. You're going to go find that big set. You're going to go sell it. Or are you going to put it above your mantle and tell stories about it? So this is what I wrestle with, right? Like, the the which i'm all for right like 
I'm all for making money every way you, you can. But like, you know, we're, we're paying money to go hunt. Right. And we're supposed to be paying money, conservation, paying all this stuff, then using the land to now go get the horns off the animal to then go sell and then make money from it. It's just like a, it's a weird concept mm-hmm. in my mind. It's like a really weird thing in my mind to make money off of it. Mm-hmm. The only thing I know as far as making money goes, like all that pound stuff, I, I have no clue. But like anything that's somewhat, you know, quote unquote famous, like some of those deer that are known, right? Mm-hmm. Like King on, in Wyoming. Mm-hmm. If anybody finds that guy's sheds, they're going to sell it for you know, yeah. a ton of money just because it's a famous deer. Right. Um, which is, it's just an interesting concept to me that you're using the land for free, right? Like, is it an, an, an ethical debate then for you? I don't know. That was one not of my for questions. me personally, not mm-hmm. for me personally. Like I honestly, look, I'm a, who I am, who I am as a person is like very understanding. I'm all for people making money, whatever way they can tell the government to stay out of all of our lives. Like nobody needs to know <laughs> kind of a thing. Right. But like, it's just, it's a, the concept of it for me is the interesting part, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, we're, we do all this, we raise money for conservation and for, you know, protecting the lands and doing all this stuff for these animals. And then we're out there tearing up the land when they're the, the most like in need of just kind of a safe haven, right. coming, especially coming out of a winter like this, which is why we had the ban until May 1st. It's, it's just the concept itself. When I kind of look back simplistically at 30,000 feet and look at it, I'm like, huh, this is weird. This is interesting. Like, it doesn't quite make sense to me. Yeah. Do you guys think shade hunting is, I was, I was going to save this one, but I think it leads into a nice, a nice little lead in. Do you guys, do you guys have internal, you know, moral qualms with shed hunting? Do you think it's ethical? I don't have, I mean, there's, there's problems. So you're basically in, saying you're immoral. So what you're <laughs> you know me, you know the answer to that already. Um, it's there, there can be problems. There are going to be people with four wheelers running these damn things ragged and killing them. You know, there's going to be people out there with dogs running around snow tracks. Yeah. So there's become very popular. Yeah. yeah. I, I think there's a lot of ways it can be immoral, but you know, for instance, for myself, it's not like I'm going to look at a group of deer and maybe not immoral, maybe them. unethical. unethical. <laughs> hey, potato, potato. You know? <laughs> I just, I, I just had a thought pop in my head. I'm sorry to, to no, go jump ahead. in right now, but to, to make it, uh, I'm wrestling with like how to make it make sense. If I draw a tag, I can't sell it, right? Right. The but head? if I, I can't, I can't sell. The you can't tag. sell the tag. Correct. You could right? kill like, the animal and sell it. Yeah, depending of course. On, mm-hmm. I, of course, I could. But then like. I paid the money to go do it, but I can't sell it. And then if I find horns, I can't sell it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like that's that weird concept mm-hmm. in my mind. Not immoral or moral to me. I, don't, I really don't give a shit. Yeah, but, but you're also talking the, the entire animal. At that point, you're talking meat, the whole experience, you know, the opportunity to actually true. kill the animal ver- versus, a, you know, an inanimate object that falls off the, you know, the head and is going to regrow. Yeah, I mean, I feel like you could look at it like a rock. You know, like someone goes out and finds a cool rock, arrowhead. Indian artifact, which you can't sell. Whoa. But, you know, like, whoa. Something that escalated. Let's call a cool stick. Someone found a cool yeah. stick. Um, Someone say a curse word. Yeah. <laughs> so it can stop. But, like, you, I feel like you go sell something that is part of, you know, say the, the natural habitat and make yeah. money off of. I, those are the, what I used, probably not the best. Uh, way to, to use those but something else I feel like it's just like it's laying there it's part of the land now 
And I understand where you're coming from. I'm like, yeah, how can you make money off that kind of ethical? But I, I, to be clear, like I am not speaking from an ethical point yeah. or unethical. I'm just speaking the yeah, concept, right? Like yeah. I honestly do not give a shit. Right. Like I'm all for it. Go for it. Like, I, if there's I, nothing against yeah. it, go for it all, all day long. If there's a market, it's just the concept in right. general to me is just kind of awkward. It's just yeah. weird. I think there, there can be ethics. There can be problems for sure. I mean, pushing them, killing them, doing that type of thing. But like me picking it up and if I was to make be making millions, maybe that's where I'd be like, Okay, there's something to be said in that sense, but I make a hundred bucks a year. You know, yeah. like I'm not paying bills. I don't know. Do you, do you do you find anything anything of that? Honestly, when I think of this, I think of just about anything else in life. Like if you think of hunting or like people are always going to find ways to bend and break the rules, and there's always going to be some way that they're going to either be harassing the deer or something's going to happen. Like there's a lot of morons out there, and so um, at, at least I try to do my part and be you know as ethical as possible. And it, it can be a really great experience. And so I feel bad for those people that feel like they have to shed poach, you know, mm-hmm. before May 1st or, you know, are out yeah. there chasing them on the four-wheeler. Like this last week I was hiking around and there was four-wheeler tracks all over, just all, like in the most random places. And you could tell that it was within the last couple of weeks. And so these people are out there running over all the brush and, you know, chasing stuff around. And yeah, of course, that's not right. I would turn that guy in in two seconds. But that happens in hunting, though, too. You know right. what I mean? Like, I don't, that's not a specific. I actually think a live big animal creates a lot more immoral human response than mm-hmm. I think so. sheds. Right. Yeah. People do some crazy shit over oh, yeah. big animals that mm-hmm. are alive when they have a tag in their pocket. Mm-hmm. Drama gaunt. Yeah. How did you guys feel about the, um, you know, you're, you're both from Utah. This is really the first year that we've had a shed season if you will i guess we've had a shed season kind of where you had to 17 yeah yeah i mean you, you had to take a <laughs> what do they call it a shed hunters ethics course you take it online you had to take the course answer some questions print out a certificate sign it you had to carry that yet you, you have to carry that with you where you're out shed hunting but there really wasn't ever you know you can't go right this year has been kind of the first year i i can remember do you guys remember 2017 they did it yeah. they, they, they did the same utah thing. did it yeah 2017 mm-hmm. So, but, but this year, I mean, I've heard more chatter about it than ever before, and it's because they ran it all the way to May 1st, right? That was like opening day of shed season, yeah. quote unquote, if you will. But how did you guys feel about that? Did you pissed off? Okay, agree? I, Disagree? I, I was a little disappointed, but I understood why. And so I wasn't like super bugged by it just because, you know, that's oh, another couple months I'm going to be sitting in my apartment until I can get out and hike around. But honestly, like if it's for the health and welfare of the wildlife, then I'm all for it. Do you believe that it is? Um, in your heart of hearts, you're, you're, I mean, do you actually believe I'm trying to get, right. I'm trying to drill down to the core of Braden <laughs> in your opinion, let's say that that shed closure didn't happen this year internally. Would you feel any, any ethical, qualms within yourself any issues within yourself about going out on march 1st versus may 1st i want to say yes i've never really (laughs) really i've never honestly really been put in that position Mm -hmm. um usually i mean i'm not going to go hike around in three feet of snow you know and so if if the weather's good then most likely the animals are doing okay and that's when i want to be out gotcha i feel like that that's that's a tough one right there because when utah was closed you bet my ass was in arizona shed hunting and, and that's, I feel like there's a lot to be said in the area that you're going to be hitting and, and you're going to be hiking. Um, you know, like I, I, I definitely feel like it was there for a reason, you know, like up North, 
And I feel like that's why it happened was because up north, man, those herds got ravished this year. They got absolutely decimated in the winter. But you can't close it to just northern Utah and then not expect people to come down south and put added pressure on the southern Utah deer, which don't need that pressure. And so, you know, I don't know the biological standpoint, but I just know it made sense to do an entire statewide closure where, you know, come March, I was down in Arizona because they didn't have a closure. And it was warm, it was sunny, and it was nice. And was I intentionally pushing deer around? No. But in the Were same, you unintentionally pushing deer around? <laughs> I think it happens, absolutely. Sure. And there's, there's, that's where the ethics comes in is, you know, do you think it's unethical to go out there and unintentionally push deer when they're on the low end of body reserves and, and trying to survive through that winter? You know, like I feel like March and April were the toughest months on these animals for sure. Like they were at, they were depleted, but I don't think that they were in bad in some areas. So like say Northern Arizona, Southern Utah, that herd, they didn't have to deal with three feet of snow a year. They had to deal with a little snow, maybe more unusual, but I don't think that they were in dire straits for sure. And so it's that, that whole ethics question is hard right there for sure. But I think it was needed. I think it, it did, it did help a lot of herds across a lot of States this year. Gotcha. Let me ask you another hard question. You guys are getting hit with the hard questions love it. today. So one of the things that I read on social media quite a bit and people that are pretty diehard shed hunters was, um, you know, how, the, how can the D, DWR justify a closure shed closer, you know, keeping people off public land when they're out, flying for elk, flying for sheep. You know, we have cow elk hunts that run into January. This is, you know, those guys are out hunting elk and that's all under the, you know, the division of wildlife guidance and rules and regs and how they, how do you see that? Do you see that as, is there a conflict there in your minds? I mean, does one equal the other? How do you look at that? Because that's an argument. Typically, I, I look at it, I'm trying not to lead the witness too much here. <laughs> I'll just let you answer. What do you, th- what do you think about it? And then I'll chime in. I, I, th- that's a tough one because if people can be out hiking and with their dogs and their dogs are chasing deer unintentionally or they're out enjoying the, you know, what nature has to offer and that's how they you know, want to get out and recreate, who am I to say that they can't do that other than when they're starting to push deer and stuff. And so that's where it's hard because I heard the same thing. People are like, I can't go shed hunt, I can't go pick these up, but people can go hike and go push these deer around just like I would be doing. And I think that's, it, that's where the whole moral thing has to come in there. It's like, well, is your moral compass, are, are, do those people even care enough, you know, that aren't hunters, that don't recreate with that, do they even care that they're pushing those deer around? And it's like, well, if you could, would you still go do that? You know, like if those people up in northern Utah would they still go and hike? Would they still go do those things? And so I, that's tough. I, I don't, it, it's, it's a double-edged sword, you know, cause I, I don't think that it should be open to everybody, but then at the same time, how do you enforce that? I, mm. I feel like that was a huge thing that was said this year is, is man, shed poaching was bad. I, I know for a fact that there I are I want to get into that. Save, <laughs> yeah, let's save, we'll it save, for, that. save it for a quick sec. It's, it. it's, yeah, it's, how do you enforce it? You know, those people that are out recreating and walking their dogs, you know, who's to say someone shed hunting can't go grab their dog and go walk around and go pick up sheds. It's just really hard to enforce. And I don't but, know. But is the fact that it's hard to enforce reason enough that the rule shouldn't exist? No. Do you see what I'm saying? But I think it comes down to, do you want more government control? 
where can we regulate ourselves? Of course. You know, <laughs> Canav, here comes Canav running through. Do you want to be told what you can and can't do more or do you want to self-regulate? You know, that's the way I kind of look at it. Like, I don't yeah. want to be told I can't go out. Gotcha. But at the same time, sometimes it might need to be done. I don't know what you think. No, I definitely agree. I think it is a double-edged <laughs> sword for sure because um, there's going to be a ton of people are going to break the rules. There's going to be a lot of people out there, you know, hunting turkeys or doing whatever, and you're not going to be able to stop that. And obviously, like I saw a lot of videos of the DNR out flying helicopters and tranquilizing elk and tagging them and doing all these different things. But if you think about the amount of shed hunters in Utah and the amount that didn't go out, I, I definitely think it did help. Um, you know, there's a lot of people that didn't, you know, didn't listen to the rules. Mm -hmm. But I do think any person that did listen to that, it made a difference. I mean, a lot of the places I go shed hunting, I don't see people. I didn't see anyone last week. And so it, it just depends on the area and how, what people are willing to do. Would you be in favor of having like continual, like let's just say moving forward, shed season starts May 1st. Oof, that's tough. I don't think May 1st, but I think definitely like if you did the first week of April. Why not May 1st? Um, at least for me, I felt like it was a little too long just because, I mean, we've had nice weather for weeks now. And so I don't, and obviously it could be governed by each year and how the seasons go. And if we have a harsh winter, then yeah, let's do May 1st. And maybe that's the way they need to do it is just kind of govern it and watch how the winter goes. Um, but it definitely seemed like it was a little long this year. Hey, I'm conflicted there. I'll, I'll use a good example. They went out and they're in the desert and they kept running rattlesnakes. That sucks. You don't want to be hiking in that stuff. Lorenzo, you like snakes, right? No. <laughs> and, and so it's like, I understand, you know, how bad May 1st sucks. But at the same time, if it's for the betterment of the animal herd, absolutely. I think it's a great idea. Do you think it's bad? I think that's what it boils down to. Well, I think like that, this yeah. is the, the quintessential question of the entire debate. Yeah. I think there's, there's is two Is it better there. for the herd? I think so. In, in my so eyes. So if we think so... May 1st. Well, yeah, and, and that's, <laughs> where, that's where I agree. That's my disagree. argument with people. Yeah, because I, I look at it as May 1st, it keeps the honest people honest, and that's what sucks is because the further you delay the people can go out and go shed hunt, the more horns are going to get picked up by people who give two shits. And so that's what sucks. I, that's where I'm like, no, it shouldn't be May 1st because – I guess Those that's more of a selfish thing, yeah. for sure. It, it sucks for, for sucks for the honest people, yeah. but, I mean, does it suck for the herd? Um, I mean, more, her, more people stayed home. Herd-wise. More people are honest than dishonest, I, would, I think. I would think so. Yeah. I, I honestly, in, in, in my view, I think it is better for the herd. I think it would be better. Just like, I mean, how long has Wyoming done their May 1st opening? I think there's reason to be to think that it is better on the herds, easier, let them animals build up some more fat, hit that green up, get that those nutrients flowing, and, you know, maybe start moving to maybe source some to summer grounds, you know, get off those winter grounds. I think that's why May 1st makes sense to me. You know, I think it is easier on animals for sure. Yeah. Interesting. What do you think? Um, okay, so here's... <laughs> <laughs> Sit back and yeah. <laughs> Lorenzo. So here's my issue with the, the the complaints that I've had from people that are you know pretty diehard shed hunters. Typically, like I said, the first thing they say is, "Why is it okay that the division is out flying elk and counting elk in January, or we're having hunts in January, or we're out putting collars?" It's 
those are two different issues. Yeah. It's not even the same thing. It's not like one has any, one's not the other. It's like apples and oranges just comparing two different things, right? You have shed hunting, which is essentially, in my opinion, it's a take, right? People are out on the landscape, they're hiking, they're taking antlers, you know, they're getting enjoyment. I like to shed hunt, don't get me wrong. I love, I love hunting in general. That's its own thing, right? The Division of Wildlife has a job to manage wildlife. Part of that job is to put collars on animals, to collect data, to better inform us of survival and mortality, winter range conditions, all that. You know, if they're out doing buck to doe ratios, all that goes back into population modeling for later hunting those animals in the fall, right? So in my opinion, hunts in January, I mean, also that's a take from the landscape. You're managing herd numbers, right? So in my opinion, it's not even, it's not even the same Ballpark. Ballpark. You're yeah. talking about two completely different things. I mean, you know, one is a recreational, both, I guess you could say, are recreational, ultimately hunting, right? Um, mm. Yeah. 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 But yeah. I mean, I guess you, in a simplistic form, yeah, yeah you'd simplistically, have to say that. But in my opinion, they're, they're two different things, right? And I don't quite understand the argument of like, hey, I can't go shed hunting. Why is it okay that they do that? It's like, well, that's okay because this is what's the ultimate goal for the herd as a whole. This is herd management. And I guess you could extrapolate and say, you know, shed hunting is part of that equation. To me, it isn't. It's like kind of its own little thing. And that's just, again, that's like my personal take mm -hmm. on, on shed hunting. Um, my personal opinion, and it's kind of grown, developed. I mean, you know, I was that guy. I, I've picked up, I picked up an elk antler on February 28th before, you know, I've biggest bull we ever picked up. We picked up on February 28th, super how, early. How big was that bull? Big, very big. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Big for, for something. But, um, yeah, I mean, and I've picked up deer antlers in, I think I want to say January 27th one year. And that was in Northern Utah on a real bad snow year. So I've been that guy. I've been out there watching animals, you know, from a spotting scope, sitting up on a ridge, hoping to be that guy that watches an animal shed. That's like the holy grail, right? Yeah. For shed hunter, yeah. you get to watch an animal actually shed. So I've been that guy, and I don't know if it's just like I'm getting old and like curmudgeonly at this you know point in my life, but like I almost think, yeah, give them give them a break. And I mean, something that we've kind of talked about more recently, uh, April, that time frame in April can be the hardest month on big game. It's when you get those freeze thaw. You know, you can have a yeah. hard snow. The weather's going to warm up during the middle of the day, thaw out at night. It cools, crusts the snow hard, and the next day those animals are pawing down through ice, essentially, to get to vegetation. So you have that freeze-thaw, which is hard on an animal. You're expending a bunch of uh, energy. It's also like the time of the year where they're kind of at the tail end of, like, their reserves, right? And before that green up starts to uh, really put on protein and they can get back on that, it's a tough time of year for them. So for me, like April, it makes sense. Just, you know, leave it closed during April. And I mm. would, my opinion, I think if you made it a season, if you will, and it just was like adopted across Utah, across the West, people would just expect it. You know, like May 1st is the day we can go out and hunt sheds, yeah. you know, and you're always going to have people, you're always going to have poachers. You're going to have people that poach deer and elk during you hunting know, season. Yeah, hunting yeah. season. You yeah, know, they're going to go out and shoot that big animal they didn't have a permit for yeah. because the temptation's there. You're going to have the same thing with shed hunters. You're going to have guys out picking up sheds. But I don't think that – I mean, I always have thought this. Like, I don't think just because you have a few rule breakers doesn't mean that there's not a reason or cause for having a rule. Right. Yeah, I could not agree more. Could not agree. High five. High five on that. <laughs> I mean, and from, from the overarching level of it, right? Like, 
Yeah, the the DNR doing what they do and shed hunters out there wreck two that's apples and oranges to like an entirely different level. And then it even gets down into like, look, there we can all agree there is shitty people in everything, right? That are always mm-hmm. breaking rules, are always gonna do everything, both in hunting in fall and then shed hunters when the season's not supposed to open until May first, right? But I think everybody, if you if you look at it from like the bigger picture, I think everybody can agree that like yeah, the, pers- the people that are out there recreating with their dogs, they're not going to be bushwhacking like a, a shed hunter. Not at the level shed hunters right. would be, right? Like mm-hmm. they're going to be on For trails. Sure. They're going to be, you know, sticking to, a, to close quarters. They're going to be making sure they're home, you know, whatever. Like they're, they're not all day recreators. They're not, they're not out there to, to bushwhack and go look for Easter eggs in the middle of nowhere. They're kind of out there just, you know, getting their steps in or whatever mm-hmm. it is, getting some sunlight, whatever it is. So like, I actually, I don't think that is a similar, I don't think that's a similar uh, comparison comparison either that like, Oh shit. Well, they get to go walk their dogs. They're not doing what you're doing though. Like the dog Mm -hmm. might chase off, run off and chase, you know, a few deer and this and that, which they should be on leashes, right? There's rules for that. Some people aren't going to have their dogs on leashes and some people are, it's just, they're going to break those rules. People on four wheelers and eight in uh, UTVs, they're going to be on roads, or at least they should be the shitty people that aren't on roads. They're just shitty people. Same (laughs) as anybody else who's breaking rules. Right. So like it's very, it's, it's, uh, I think everybody can agree that like, if you really look back and take a deep breath, it's not the same thing, right? Mm. Like you are out there bushwhacking. You are where, they want to be and where they are, which mm-hmm. is why their horns are there, right? They're not on the trails where people are walking their dogs right. and doing all this stuff. So the whole May 1st thing makes, it makes sense to me that especially that April, you know, being their, their hardest, their hardest month. But it's when it gets back to the, the ethics thing, like that's why it's really hard to decide on is because ethics are, if, if there isn't, yeah. And if there isn't a rule in place, yeah, like people- I believe in the use of radios totally get but i absolutely understand where people are coming from when they say it's unethical right Mm -hmm. but like i i'm for the use i think that our you know the biggest uh our our biggest weapon so to speak is our ability to communicate clearly in in real time and like within pinpoint accuracy why would why do humans have to take that away when you know the animals that we're chasing their biggest strengths and weapons against us are sight smell hear you know hearing all this stuff so it's like it kind of makes it a, you know, it's like that's our biggest weapon and going against their biggest weapon and it doesn't always work, right? Does it help? Absolutely. I'll never argue that ever. Um, but it helps against what they're much better than us at, right? But ethically, I, it's, if there's not a rule in place, like if I'm not in a state where it's illegal and I'm using them, like I feel fine. If I'm in a state where there is a law that says you cannot use them, I am now unethical. Like mm-hmm. I am breaking a known law, which is what, you know, an early shed hunter would be doing who's going out in April. Right. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like, it's kind of that that's ethics is a, I don't think anybody's unethical if they're not breaking any rules. Right. Like I don't think anyone's unethical. Yeah. Um, so that's like that hard, that hard thing. But what I don't think is hard and what I want to get into is the mindset of the shed hunters. Right. Mm -hmm. So like when you guys walk up on sheds and the motivation to go out there, is it money? Is that the first thought on your mind? Is it finding you know, a bull or, or a buck that you knew was in the area. Like, you know, what, what is that motivating? Like my hunting motivation is very specific in my mind. Like, what is it that makes you guys want to go find an Easter egg in the middle of nowhere? What's it like walking up on one? Oh, it's I did for you. Oh, it's awesome. <laughs> it's yeah. 
I, I would relate it to finding a big buck or bull, honestly. Like the, the same adrenaline and excitement you get from finding an awesome animal like that, it's quite similar to finding antlers. Um, big or small, I like them all. Like they're just, they're just fun, <laughs> you know? And, and it's, I can't explain it, but it's just adrenaline rush. It's fun. And I, I wouldn't say that money's the main driver at all. I just, I love getting out there and finding them and seeing what we can find, you know? I, I hate to be, I hate to rattle myself, but I've always wanted to be cool. And when you find big shit, you're pretty cool. You know, like when you kill big animals, you're pretty dang cool. There's definitely some social status. Yeah, in, yeah. In that's what I was going to ask. Is how, sure. well, I mean, how much of the driver is social media? Yeah, I wouldn't in your guys say. Opinion? I wouldn't say. Not for, for you personally, for myself, but yeah. not, not for you. Per, maybe speak personally and then just generally. Yeah, for what myself. You know, there was a time and I had a pretty good reality check and I looked in the mirror and I realized I was I'm buff. I was trying to be cool. <laughs> <laughs> and I was trying to kill big shit and I was trying to find big horn antlers. <coughs> there you Sorry, go. Out of cough there. Mm. And I was trying to do that because I wanted to be the next cool kid. And cuz it's I mean you've seen it make careers. You've seen people base their companies off of an animal they killed or horns that they've antlers they found and i've seen that in myself and i took a big step back well, like the fireball what what <laughs> <laughs> never out. heard of it yeah. what? <laughs> and, and there was a point in time where i was trying to be that guy like 100 percent, and i took a step back and i realized that's not me i enjoy it way more than that i enjoy it way more than someone giving me a like and that's not where i wanted to be i can't say that for the other people out there but there's something to be said. People, people are looking to make some money, and they'll do anything to make money. And if they can create a following, create people's subscribers, man, they make a bunch of money doing this. Just picking horns up, videoing themselves. People live for it vicariously through them. Mm-hmm. And I feel like a lot of people doing it for social status, for social media, which can be a conflict for me. I didn't want to do it. It's not who I was, but some people like it. Yeah. A lot of people like it. Yep. It's big. Yeah. It's, it's big huge now. right now. Yeah. yeah. And it has I was going to ask you, one of my questions was, what's your favorite shed hunting handle on Instagram? Because there's a boatload of them. There is a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to at Eric Chesser. He yeah. has the best one out there. <laughs> what so, is his uh, handle? I don't, I don't even know. know. He blocked me. Oh, did he block <laughs> you? Yeah. Oh, shit. I, you, guys, you guys are not, obviously not who I'm talking about, at least I don't think. I'm not on social media, but my perception, I can tell you what I think about about what a lot of the cool factor is, right? Springtime gives you an excuse to wear a cutoff shirt or no shirt for that matter for somebody who spends way too much time in the gym Our instead of hunting, show. right? So, uh, you know, some people who I wouldn't say or not don't look like the best or most dedicated hunters out there, but the whole cool factor of holding up a shed, got the arm flex going on because you got 20 pound oh, yeah. horns, right? And it's it's a whole like look at me mm-hmm. type of thing 100%. right on on multiple different levels like not just like look at the animal i found but also look at what i look like right. at the same time you know what You're i mean right. like that's what i see about it and it's like and so in it social media has its other thing on the hunting side too don't get me wrong like it's it's i'm not trying to like parse the two away from yeah. each other they're both one and the same in my opinion mm-hmm. 
but like, man, that cool factor of finding big shit. And that's, it's just a reality of life though. Like that's stats. in general. I mean, it's, it's just stats make, yeah. stats it's make you, life. It's the reason right. you pick a pair of shoes to put on in the morning. Correct. You yeah. think they look cool or look good. Correct. Yeah, stats make a career. Stats make a life. You can think about it mm. from the easiest one, professional athletes all the way down to successful business people. Like it's all about stats. How many times you win, how many times you lose. Mm-hmm. Did you make more than you lost? Right? Like it's all about stats. So I get that part of it. But then social media just kind of takes it that extra little, yeah, the extra, just like extra. the look at me world, yep. and that's where I'm just like, man, this is this is weird, it's really weird. <laughs> yep. I mean, I do, I, I get the same. I know what you guys are talking about. Like, it is thrilling to walk up on an antler, and you know, if you've had the opportunity to scout even, and you get out and you found a bull or a buck that you've like put a bunch of time into watching, and then to pick that thing up, it's even that much more gratifying. There is like mm-hmm. this sense of like thrill and satisfaction mm-hmm. and. I don't know. I, I get that. And I, I get everything that you're saying. I get the, you know, getting outdoors. Springtime is a great time. Everything's blooming, you know, everything's greening up. I, I get that part of it. And I, I think, I think even though, I think I would bet you, even though the people, even the people that are like your most diehard, like, look at me, look cool. I like the likes, mm-hmm. you know, I bet you if you like really drill down to it, even for them though, like the actual addiction is just picking up the antler, oh, yeah. mm-hmm. you know? I would agree. I think. I would agree. I think so. I, I think. I think the unknown is a big thing, too. Like, that, you that turn is, a corner, it's like, whoa. That is one thing about shed hunting that's, I mean, that unknown, like, that you and I yeah. felt when we were kids, I don't know that it exists so much anymore, like, with hunting, because I feel like you and I, like, if we're going out, we're probably going after an animal that we've, we've scouted yeah, and we've yeah. looked at. We yeah. have, like, a specific animal or type of animal in mind. Um there is that with shed hunting, like that unknown. Like you might walk around a tree and find a 380 bull or yeah, 190 inch yeah. deer. So like that's definitely there yeah. in a way that maybe hunting isn't yeah. so and much. I, and I, I honestly would agree with, with that because I think the amount of work it takes is like mm-hmm. they, they do have to be addicted by that, the pickup of the shed, right? Yeah. It's like it's not easy. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, maybe the secondary is the look, even the coolest yeah. people on Instagram, like the secondary is probably that Instagram post. But like, man, that's a, so much work to get 100%. that, right? They, right? they definitely have to have some addiction to yeah. the horn itself, I would agree. Yeah. yeah. To piggyback off that, like, it's your, as a human, you have a weird nature. I know for myself, I am addicted to highs and lows. Like, yeah. I will go and bust my butt out hiking and have the lowest of lows, spend 20 miles and not find a horn. And when you turn the corner and you find it right at last light, you're back on top of the world. And it's just a weird, I, I've noticed it in my life, like, you don't realize how good something is until you're down at the bottom. Yeah. And, and for myself, like when I pick up a big set, whether it's at the first 10 minutes of the hike or the last 10 minutes, you feel on top of the world and you get addicted to that. I know it myself. Like, it's I a love it. Dopamine hit. Huh? Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Exactly. Runner's high for sure. Hmm. Um, so I got some other questions I want to ask. Yeah. Did you have any others? Yeah. No, I, I want to get like into real mindsets. So if you're you going do? down that path, yeah. Go ahead. No, go no, ahead. No. Mine are silly. <laughs> Your silly ones? Yeah, I want to <laughs> Yeah, I got some silly ass questions. Yeah. So like, here's another, here's another, my personal thought that I want to hear you guys, your guys' thoughts on, right? Like if I, if I were to find an animal scouting and it was one that, I just got my, got my juices flowing, right? And I really wanted to kill it. And I gave it everything to kill it. And I didn't get it done. I would not go look for his sheds. I don't want them. I don't deserve them. I don't want them. I couldn't kill that animal, right? Like I, it's just, I wouldn't pick them up. I wouldn't even think about it. I'll can genuinely say, even if I walk, I am a 
kind of a petty like uh, I'm a a uh, what's the right way to say it like a personal punishment based type of mindset mm-hmm. you know what I mean like you didn't earn it yeah so for me like even if I was out there doing so I don't know I was out there with my son and got unbelievably shit house lucky and walked on that animal because I'm not out there shit hunting <laughs> I still would just be like oh there he is I'm not picking him up because I didn't kill that animal you know what I mean so like the the separation of hunting and killing to the separation of picking up you know the, the gratification on that you guys have already spoke to that it's definitely not the same thing but like is it though is it not entirely the same thing or is there a connection to like there is a little bit of gratification on well you at least got you know second place and you got we're on the podium but it's just not gold i think i think there's a lot to be said there for competition when you're out hunting, you might be competing against other hunters, you might be competing against that deer, you might be competing against yourself. It's all a mental mindset. Same thing with finding those horns. There's a lot of people trying to find them. There's a lot of people doing that same thing. They could even be watching that same bull. It, it could come down to, if you're a very competitive person, you just want to win. And like for me, I spend a lot of time in the winter because I want to win. And, and it's, it's, it's a sticky. Really? Yeah. That's a driver for you. It is. Because it's, really it's just like I, and it, whether you call this weird or not, I just want to be better. I just want to, hmm. I want to know that I can go harder than somebody else. Interesting. And whether it's me applying myself at the gym or at work, you know, trying to strive to be higher, which I know you wouldn't think that, but <laughs> it, it, it can happen. But like in, in, in hunting and fishing for hell's sakes, you know, I want to be better than that other person. I want to catch more fish. I want to find more horns, antlers. <laughs> and it, uh. It, it, that's a driver for me, which is weird, but so maybe this is a part that I don't understand because like for me, it's so hard for me to understand how somebody could be better at shed hunting than somebody else. I don't think it's being better. It's going harder. There are definitely More guys dedication are there for sure. Really? Yeah, absolutely. What yeah. is it then? That, that's a, so I'm kind of coming to this conclusion right now. Like what, what does separate it? Cause I don't understand how, Right, you just you pick good winter ground where you know big animals are like the Pontecant, mm-hmm. and you just go beat down winter range. I think it might. I'll let you hear. But I'll chime in real quick, but I think it's a lot of the same things that people are that are better at hunting in general are. I think it's a lot of it's the same types of uh, characteristics. I think it's patience, persistence, time, um, having a better understanding of like where the animal is. Uh, eyesight, just like search image, just like picking up uh, an antler. Like I, I've walked, I've walked past sheds for sure. Man. I'm sure you guys have awesome. as well. I remember one time I sat with a buddy. We ate a sandwich at lunch. We've been looking for deer, deer antlers, and we just sat there, ate lunch the entire time. We got up, put our packs on, went to split other ways, and there was a like a nice 170 set of. <laughs> Uh, deer antlers in the bottom of an oak right there just right next, next to me. Yeah, oak bush. So I know that you miss them, but I, I think it's a lot of the same types of things. I think. So I, I get patience and persistence because yeah. that, that will translate into anything in life. Right? Yeah, but like, I, I there's not that like next step. There's not like the playing the wind, you know. There's not the stalking, the stealthiness, making the right decision. There's, there's more than that. There's more in hunting than, you know, shed hunting. Shed hunting. There's, there's a lot that, And that's lot. like, that's where my mind is like, that's mm-hmm. where it's broke for me the the connection of it it's like i mean i patience persistence right hard work that will it doesn't matter what you're doing in life that will always translate mm-hmm. right but like the next step of i mean i get you did say two things though image your your search image search image like i i get that because it always does take you you know for me my first day scouting it's always kind of like a 
level mm-hmm. set or reset. Um, and then being like more connected to the animals, which boards are on at certain times of year, which, you know, drainages, south facing, north facing, all this stuff. I get that, but it's like, yeah, it's that next bit yeah. that I don't understand how you could be better. I do think there's quite a bit of different skills that you can apply, um, whether that's recognizing what feed they like that time of year, where water sources are, um, what kind of cover they're going to be in. Um, one thing I've discovered over the years from like shed hunting bulls is they love to go through passes and they love ridge lines. And so the average Joe, like when I was growing up in, in junior high and high school, I'd have my daddy who'd drop me off five miles from town and I would walk back to town and I would just walk a straight line. And if I picked up a two point or something, then cool. Cody, did you just shit your pants? <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Yeah. That was a very awkward sorry, sound. Sorry. All right. Oh. Sorry about that. A very awkward sound. Cody didn't just shit his pants for the, for the podcast. Carry on. So Carry I, on. I definitely think there's things that you can learn over the years that you can apply similar to hunting, you know, whether it's playing the wind or doing something along those lines. And so I pay attention to a feed and, and where, you know, there's going to be good cover and where they're bedding. And so there's a lot of guys that go out there and they roam and they find maybe they'll find one or two antlers. But that's where you turn, you know, an average shed hunter into the next level. I mean, there was a canyon, and, and people get this idea, oh, I'll, I have to hike 15 miles back in this canyon, and I'll find a bunch. Or I have to do this, and, and, and it's the same with hunting. Well, there's a ton of places where I've hunted deer, and I'll see a giant buck not very far off the road in a hidden ca- in a hidden pocket. It's the same with sheds. Like, there was a spot last year where me and my wife, we, we thought it looked good. We never had touched the spot for sheds. And we went in there, and we picked up 30. And it was 300 yards off a road. Oh, shit. 30. Damn. 30 elkhorns. Or antlers, sorry. But, <laughs> no, uh, yeah. no, but that's the thing is, is it, it does require a lot of time thinking and e-scouting and, and using, you know, your the Explorer membership and, and applying the maps and things. There's, there's a ton, at least in my opinion, that goes into it to help you be more successful. And so I think that's definitely where you see people finding a ton versus a dude that picks up one or two a year. Yeah, there's a, a huge separation there because there's, there's a lot of luck that goes into it. Just like with hunting, just like with anything, I like to look at it as I'm going to try to go make my own luck. I'm going to go push harder than that person. If yeah. he's there, I'm going to go there. And which is it's, it's kind of Brandon's kind of competitive. Weird. I'm just fine. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm pretty competitive. You he know? didn't even care. He, he saw just... me in that archery shoot. Are you kidding me? Come on. So <laughs> I'm, I'm extremely competitive too, though. And but it's it's. The amount of luck in this, as opposed to anything else, is where I'm I like, think there huh. there is you know, a lot you make of luck. Your own luck. There's a lot of luck, but on to piggyback what he had to say is I spend a lot of time on my go hunt maps on my explorer because I've dropped pins on every horn I've ever picked up, and I'll get elevation profiles for that year. So this face, this elevation profile, I crushed it that year, and and I'll, I'll like I'll hunt the same place for years. And you can see trends. You can see that this year they followed the snow line up to here. They were in this mahog patch. And so I, I try to work a little bit smarter, you know, by using those elevations, by using the different slopes where they're going to be, you know, like just be a little bit smarter. Maybe someone else doesn't think about doing that, yeah. you know, and I might think of that. It's just luck, though. There's a lot of luck. Hunting is luck, whether that deer stands up, whether that deer's there. For sure. Luck, luck is all parts of life yeah. life that's why you know patience persistence hard work outworking other people it will create your own because mm. at some point you're going to get like it's the same in everything it's just 
man, you guys are not convincing me of that next level of like why it's a thing. That's the goal at the end of the podcast is to get yeah. Lorenzo out on shed hunt. Hell yes. To make- that is still that is not happening. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you guys. But he's are- going to jump in his truck and immediately cru- <laughs> cruise out. You guys are in Australia. I'm here in Vegas. That's how far <laughs> apart we are right now in the moment. <laughs> um, oh, that's funny. So you, you mentioned maps. How much time do you guys spend e-scouting, scouting? Quite a bit, honestly. When I'm hiking, I spend a lot of time looking at my phone, which might sound counterproductive, but it's not like I'm like hiking like this. But I'm looking at certain ridges. I'm looking at certain elevations. I'm looking for certain vegetation. I'm looking at my phone. If I find a match, I'm trying to match it up, doing circles, doing crosses, following elevation bands, doing all that. I'm looking and using my maps, so a lot. Hmm. And, and e-scouting before I even go is a lot, too. I use it a lot. How much in the field scouting do you get in? Do you, do you? It depends on the year. But yeah, I definitely try to get out in, in glass. And obviously, like a lot of people go out and push animals around and, and kind of glass up in the canyons and things. But if I can stick to the roads um, and kind of watch them from afar or kind of figure out their patterns that time of year, I'll, I'll definitely try and get out. But yeah. it's not as much as I used to, but I like to try to still get out and look. It's fun to see, say, bulls that time of year usually in the big open faces and they're just hanging out. They're not feeling a pressure in the world and you get to see some giant elk or some giant bucks for that matter. They're just chilling. And so I like, I think it's sweet to get out and scout because typically I wouldn't see those elk. I wouldn't see those deer and I'm able to see them. So I spend quite a bit, you know, watching if they're going to be on the snow line, if they're going to stick in that mahog or if they're going to stay down low where you can't even glass any of that, there's, a, there's quite a bit that goes Mahog? on. Mahog? Is that Maho- Mahogany. Mahog. Sorry, gosh. <laughs> Are we talking about mahogany? Mahogany. Are you talking about your hog? Mahog. Jack and Mahog. and yes. <laughs> Pete Jack and Mahog. Mahog. Mahogany, just to clarify. <laughs> that was after the 15 seconds, right? We're clear. Yeah. We're, we're like an hour and a half. For deep. sure. There we go. <laughs> Branson could say Mahog. Oh, um, why do shed hunters wear camouflage? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, for myself? That's a, that is a great question. Yeah. I'll speak into when I was first starting out. The only clothes, say, I had to hit the bush, go push some bush, was oh camo. There we go. Two in a row. If you want hey, some, I'll, I'll, I'll keep going. But they, it was the only clothes I could afford to go and rip and tear. It's, it was made to be out in the woods, be out in the hills. And so when I was starting out, that's why I wore it. I wasn't decked out head to toe in camo, but when you think about camouflage and these now companies, that's the highest performing gear that you own. It's made to wick sweat. It's made to take abuse. It's made to do X, Y, and Z while you're out in the hills. Do I understand the full concept of camo? No, but it is the best performing gear I have, (laughs) like for sure. You know, like it it does what I want it to do when I'm busting it up a hill. That that that's where I come from. You don't think blowing out your gear for when it actually matters is a thing? I you got to test it in order to know it works. No, and I and I wear solids. I'm just saying. So some people can't. Maybe they can't afford solids and camo. Uh, Which I I agree. Like I totally get. Right, you got to make it work, no matter what. You ha- always have to make it work. But like, even if I, let's say, I was on a super tight budget, I would be so concerned about blowing out my yeah. gear no, for when sense. I actually needed it. You know, like this time of year, right? You're not not sleeping in a teepee. You know, trying to stay or, dry and or warm. And 
I, I, I test the hell out of gear this time of year. Testing, I, I, I can get that. I can get that. I mean, like, to, to, in looking at it in that sense, I will take, I will get a new sleeping bag and go try it and go sleep. A new pad. I will get new boots from the Go Hunt gear shop. I will try new pants, new jackets, new backpacks, binos, you know, my, my tripod for when it counts. This time, it's practice. I'm practicing right now. You know, you don't want to get a new pair of boots in September and go try it out. Couldn't you know? agree more. I'm, I'm going to go put 15 miles a day on these boots, see if I get hot spots, see if they fit, see if they work, and I'll get either wear those or get another pair too for hunting season. I, I yeah, test. I test the heck out of things. I for like sure. it. I'm, bu- I'm buying in. I, I like the gear testing with shit hunting. It's a good idea. I can fully understand that. Yep. That's, what I, that's why I like to scout. I, I mean, Sometimes do I have to like force myself to go do it because oh, yeah. I don't want to spend more time away from the family, more time away from the office, more time out of my, I'm a very like regimented person, but with the, my motivating factor for scouting days is definitely like, uh, I need to make sure I'm good. Yeah, works, you know yeah. what I mean? Right, like I can't sure. hit day one, not knowing. Mm-hmm. You mentioned some of the gear. What, what are some of your gear recommendations for shed hunting and why? I, what are, what are like your key pieces? I love gear. Yeah, but what kind? For I feel like I'm a lot like you. I love gear. Um, like if we're talking specifics that you can get out of this Go Hunt gear shop, hit me up. <laughs> I'll, I'll work a deal for you guys. Hit me up. Branson's like shopping for a promo code. Yeah. Right? <laughs> <laughs> um, um, so like my tripod, I run a lightweight one. It's a slick 634 um, with a Manfrotto head. Love it. I usually carry my 15s, my Swaros putting that on top. I, I glass a lot for sheds. Hmm. And like, if there's another benefit right there, I'm training my eyes, yeah. you know, to, to be a better picking stuff out, recognizing things. Um, and then of boots, I love Kenetrex. I love my solos. I love my ultras. I've fallen in love with those hiking for, for horns, um, backpack, stone glacier, Metcalf. It just, it depends on like, I've gone backpacking and camping for horns. And so, like, I need the teepee. I need the stove. I need the, the, the sleeping bag, Western Mountaineering bag. I need all that stuff to, to try it out. And so those are kind of my go-tos, you know, pretty simple. I love just to try new stuff this time of year, but those are kind of the stuff that I stick with. So are you always trying new stuff when you're shed hunting? Like is Most that- of the time, yeah. I, I have, let's say, six different pairs of boots. And I will try one. Get on trails pair. level, bro. Come in the on. rotation. You will, that's in, in the rotation. That's in the rotation. I've got a, oh. I've got a, a closet full of boots. Would you, are you on trails level? No, no, definitely. No <laughs> one's on trails level. But there is a whole bunch of gear that I am trying. I'll go through different pairs of binos every year. Just trying, seeing what I like, seeing what works for me, whether it's too heavy, whether it's not. There's a lot to go into that. But yeah, I'm always testing new stuff. Always. Trails like that super wealthy Hollywood wife who's their her shoe closet that's your boot closet mm-hmm. yeah. Oh, yeah that's what it is that's yeah. it. i love it yep charles tried everything boots and heels that's it just my closet <laughs> he looks so good in heels yep. his oh, calves got dude. those red bottoms oh. guys definitely got some calves Jeez. um so optics are big yep huge, huge. like game changer Op- game changer yeah how much time do you guys spend glassing versus hiking some of the longest days I ever put in hiking, I, I've, I've hiked way more miles shed hunting than I ever have for hunting because I'm just sitting and glassing a lot, right? Mm-hmm. Whereas shed hunting, I'm, I'm covering a lot more ground, I feel like. Mm-hmm. What do you guys, how much glassing time versus hiking? What's your, your method, your methodology? I think uh, the big thing is the terrain you're in, especially what part of the state and where you're at. Um, a lot of the time, like where I shed hunt mostly, there's a lot of opportunity glass south faces. 
And so I would spend a couple hours um, throughout my day just glassing. And it's quite effective. I mean, there's been times where I've glassed up three or four antlers on just one face. And then, you know, when you could have been working your balls off, hiking up and down the ridge, it's just a lot more ethical that way sometimes. You glass up one antler, you don't immediately beeline for it? No. And and what I'll do even too is I'll work my way around up and down the ridge and get different angles to look at these faces. Mm. Because, I mean, like last week, me and my wife, we hiked up a ridge and she had been sitting there for like a half hour glassing. And so if your wife's don't glass, you, you need to get her on that. But um, <laughs> my, my wife's pretty awesome. But so she had been up there and she hadn't found nothing. And I went about 15 yards below her and sat down and threw up my binos, put on the tripod and boom, there was an elk horn laying there. And, and so it's, it's, it's effective. It so you, is. You saw it? I did. She wasn't did you, did you point and laugh? Uh, she she <laughs> wasn't a little upset. <laughs> But she, you know, she couldn't see see it where she was sitting, and mm. so it, it's effective. Gotcha. It really is. Gotcha. Glassing then. I spend a lot of time glassing too. Yeah. Any any opportunity, literally, if I'm looking over and it looks good, I'll stop, pull tripod, sit down, take a break, eat some snacks, glass, and gotcha. I do it quite a bit. I feel like you can cover way I like more the snacks. Part I'd be in. Oh, I beat the hell out of some snacks. What's your go-to snack? I'm a big fan of crustables. Oh, I've been beating yeah. those up lately. Oh, bud. I love those. Yeah, he just ate it for you. Like I said, I'm big on snacks. If I don't eat every two hours, I'm a wreck. <laughs> but these cram PB&Js, bro, you got to get off the Encrustables. Huh? Nothing bad in it. Done. Sweetened with monk fruit, all natural. <laughs> Whatever the hell that is. That sounds <laughs> incredible. Only, <laughs> only, sprouted, only sprouted bread, no palm oil, no nothing, no seed oils, no that. We like no Amazing. seed oils. I was just talking to Trell about this. Yeah. Yeah. No, I wasn't I literally agreeing just with him. He was, just, he was talking I'm, to me. I wasn't responding. I was just like, yeah. Well, I literally yeah. just ate one. That's why huh. it's funny you said that. Yeah. I was telling Branson I had uh, Cheez-Its for dinner last. Cheez-Its. <laughs> Cheez-Its and ice you're, cream, right? Your eating Cheez- habits. Che- che- Cheez-Its and ice cream. <laughs> the, the way, if you ever looked at Trail and then guessed his eating habits, he it couldn't good, be right? further yeah. from the truth. Yeah, 100%. Not a great eater. <laughs> the guy just looks like an absolute stud. For dinner. And then you hear what he ate for dinner, and you're like, wait, not, what? Not, not a great, not a great yeah. eater. Um, you said something I wanted to ask you about. What's up? Um, boot tracks. So there's... Those are probably my boot tracks. You talked about... You, <laughs> oh my god he steals the words out of my mouth those were probably my boot tracks that's amazing so what does that mean and what do you do you're out there you're hiking around boot tracks oh he's got a good story about that about this right here about boot tracks no legit um so i don't know sometimes it what is, is that that's a big just a big mule deer yeah yeah so, I mean, it definitely can play a factor in where you go and if you stay in a spot very long. Um, but a lot of times people miss stuff super easy. Um, I picked up this horn down in Arizona um, this year and it was, what, 200 yards off a main highway. And there was boot tracks high and low and it was just a little middle ground. So, I mean, sometimes it is discouraging, but I definitely, there, people miss stuff all the time. Yeah. It's way discouraging. I hate being around boot tracks. That's where it comes in, it's like, okay, I'm going to go where they didn't go, where I get a little bit more competitive. I'll go a little bit deeper, a little bit further. and But also in the same breath, I've walked past horns that I've like come back on my same track and there it is. I'm like, damn it. You know, I walked right past that. People miss a lot of horns. Um, and so as discouraging as it is, they're not going to find everything. There's no, there's no reason why you find white elk horns, white deer horns out there because <laughs> you just, the people guarantee walk right past it. And so it can be discouraging, but 
There's still horns out there. <laughs> so you don't you, you don't let it discourage you. You just keep at it. Do you ever yeah. change areas? Like um, you're seeing boot tracks. If it's been pillaged, then absolutely I'll head pull on out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like if you see where someone went like this and did zigs and zags, they found something. They're trying to match it up. They probably found some more horns and all antlers. Gosh dang! I'm sorry, Lorenzo. Or are they just wandering for no reason, which is what I would be doing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I feel like most of the time people aren't going to wander zigzags. They're going to wander straight, at least me. And when I'm out <laughs> looking for these, like I just pick a point and I head. And if I find an antler there on the way, then I start to zigzag or make tracks or do something of the sort. That's just me. I'm kind of the opposite in that aspect. Like oh, I'll, I'll find a big ridge or a face and I'll start in the bottom and I'll go all the way across, up 10 yards, back, up, all the way to the top. And so I love doing zigzags. You like gridding it out. Mm-hmm. You, so don't, find you don't find horns. it super monotonous? Not really, no. Like, it, it works out well. You usually turn up more horns than you realize. I mean, I picked up, so when my wife found this six point, um, I just started zigzagging around trying to find the other side, and I picked up like four or five other elk antlers in the process. That would grind. I would. That would swear it would fall off I would, for me. Oh man, I, <laughs> like, that's why I said I would be walking in circles eating snacks. Like, I would. Yeah. I would no, want to know. I, I eat so many snacks. I love it. I would want to know what's over the next ridge. Too yeah, bad. Like, to yeah, hundred percent. To grid out one area. Yeah. Just, you know, make lines back and forth and all day. That's where it would fall off. For Let me. me ask you this. So, this is not at all happening. So we're speaking hypothetical here. But let's say you guys were going to take me on a shed hunt. What would the, what would the day look like? What are we doing? Start from like waking up. Get, are we getting coffee? Are we going to breakfast? Like start at the very beginning. What's the day look like? I yeah, I think it just depends on how hard. If I was trying to make you like no no, looking so like it, I'm going with you guys. What would the day look like? Um yeah, wake up, go to the gas station, get what time up is on it? trees. What, what time is it in the morning? Uh, eight. You don't need to get up way early, but I mean, there's been times when I have I'll, I'll glass for elk after they have dropped to get the general idea of where they're at. And whether or not I'm going to go in there or not, or go lower than them, I'm going to say, okay, on this date, there was elk right there. So I might be out early. I might be glassing early, looking for elk, looking for deer to get the general location. So do we hit the gas station before that? Yes. Okay. So um, we got coffee. Yes, absolutely. Got Coffees, food. donuts, usually the apple fritter from Todd's. Perfect. Shout out. is <laughs> Dude, the best. so good. Still, still the best. <laughs> so good. Still the best donut. Out I love there. that spot. Um, and yeah, I mean, hell, before that... The day before, you probably went to the store and grabbed snack or lunch stuff, or you had some um, uh, dehydrated meals to crush. So we got a cooler. You've got a cooler full of, you will eat fine. You will eat healthy. (laughs) All right. There's Uncrustables, there's snacks, there's food. Okay, so we're we're packed up with drinks and food. Yep. We wake up, hit the gas station out there before the sun's up, glass, find some elk. Yep. And then what's it look like? And then from there, it's either deciding, you know, whether you want to hit the low stuff, if you want to go even further. I, I kind of like look at the truck and I look at the furthest spot I can go to and say, I want to get to that point or I want to glass from this point. And I want to glass this. And so it's just hiking. And so usually it's communicating with my buddies. If I'm out with my buddies, it's like, Hey, let's hit this for two hours. And if we haven't found anything, let's go try a new spot. And so you go hit it hard for two hours and then come back to the truck and Hey, he found a big single. Let's go match it up with him. Go over there, go help him find that, or go try a completely new spot. And there's a lot of times where I hit, you know, maybe five different spots that day and just trying to find, because there's just going to be pockets of, of antlers in there and you're just trying to find that. There's also been times where I will park the truck and I will hike for 11.2 miles and then hike right back to my truck. It's very specific. Yes. <laughs> I've hiked some, some long miles. I just know that because I've done that one a lot. I have hiked this one spot 
and found a lot of deer antlers in this area. And so I just do that over and over again. Um, that's what it looks like for me. It just, it really just depends on if I'm going for elk or where I'm going for deer elk, or with deer, I wander a lot more than I am specific for, for elk. Like with elk, I'm targeting mog, mahog. you know, and, uh, and <laughs> certain vegetation mahog. for deer. Yeah. I'm going to look for bitter brush. I'm going to look for those things, but I'm just wandering and I'm just, you know, trying to put on as many miles as I can, hoping to step on one. And that, that's kind of what it looks like for me. I think since I've been married, my wife's made me a little softer. So the night before the opener, I, I grilled up steaks. So we ate really well. I like this, this nice. one way better yeah. already. Okay. We, we, we spent a lot of money on groceries. So we have a little teardrop camper. You've already won me over. Yeah. So, so okay, I mean, it, it's got a three-inch foam you oh, know, t- mattress topper in there. You know, we cuddle up real nice. I've bring, been invited. Bring a few extra sheds, and I'll plan them along the way for you so you're having Perfect. fun. You know. Yeah. And, and, yeah. And, and, yeah, I, I definitely decided like comfort is a huge thing because you can stay out longer and perform a lot better. And so we'll we'll load up the teardrop camper. It has a little kitchen in the back, and we'll bring two or three coolers and a lot of food. And you know, like we grilled steaks the night before. Every night we're having protein bowls. So I ground up, you know, cook some ground beef. We'd do a big thing of rice, a bunch of veggies, mix that all together. Like we were eating really, really good. So, I mean, it, it, it is what you make it. I got you got to make it of, fun. Right. And yeah. so I was getting sick of living off granola bars and, you know, cooking yeah, that's, a, a pack of bacon in the pan in the morning and then hiking. Yeah. Like, yeah. it just doesn't work. That's what hunting season's for. Right. So. You got to, and I think on that, you got to make it fun. Like, especially if you're going with other people, you don't want to just hike and be miserable and act like you're in the military and a strict regiment. kind of what it sounds like, though. No, dude. Not even close. You are having so much fun out there. Like, especially when you go with your buddies, you're just dicking around. Like, you're you're going out, you're telling jokes, you're eating tons of food, drinking lots of drinks. Um, (laughs) Sodas. Sodas. (laughs) And water. pops. Looking at the mahog together. Looking at the mahog together. And, and like, that's the thing is, like, the camaraderie built. I, I love... Shed hunting sucks by yourself. It's not fun. I will beg my wife to come with me. Really? Just, that's my favorite. <laughs> you know, and, and that's... You, you, Trail, you're a, there, you're and, a solo and with that, guy. There are times you want to hike by yourself. Yeah. Like on the whole mental thing, if I'm mad at the world, I don't want to have... I don't want to deal with anybody. I'll just mm. go hike, you know, and clear my mind. But there's times that you go out with your buddies, just like with hunting, you have some damn good times. You're giggling, looking at Mahog. You're drinking some good drinks. <laughs> like you're having a lot of and fun. And you're all on the radio, right? Yeah, on the radios. I, I've, I've been on those before with a couple buddies. Yes. And you got yep. a buddy. Hey, just picked up a big six. Yep. Then the other buddy. Oh, I just picked up a big six. And you're up there just like pissed off. You're not Hating finding anything. Life. Yeah, that'd be me. And then they start pinging back and forth. Oh, I'm up to five. Yeah. And I'm like this sucks. I hate both of you. <laughs> Little good, morale boost. Good luck hiking some home. Music. The pair of you. Yeah. yeah. I'm out of here. But yeah, I've I've had that happen. Yeah. It is kind of fun when that. The radio starts popping. People start picking up sheds. Are you guys out all day? Are you guys mm-hmm. hitting the truck at noon? Or are you guys just out it, all day? It depends on the the amount of time I have. If it's for a day, I want to give. It, I want to hit it pretty hard. If I just have a few hours, it really just depends. Yeah. You know. But yeah, usually going pretty hard just because I have very limited time to go do these things, and so I want to go put forth a really good effort for sure. I think it depends. Like, there's definitely days where we'll be out from light till dark. Um, but like this last week we went out, we came back, we made up a good, nice lunch and had, got our protein in and hung out for a little bit, you know, took a nap and then went back out. 
And it was a lot more fun that way rather than just grinding your way all day and not finding anything. And like what he's saying where he hops different areas and canyons, like, okay, we'll shed hunt this till noon and then we'll come back, get a good meal in and then hit another area. So mm-hmm. works out pretty well. Yeah. What, um, what's the pressure actually like on public land for sheds? And have you ever, have you ever had an altercation? I haven't. No, I'm a really friendly guy. Like some people may not peg me as friendly, but I'm really friendly. I can make friends pretty easy, talk to anybody. And you'll run into people and they might have your other side. Oh, and it sucks. What do you do there? Uh, barter really hard. Is that what you do? <laughs> yeah, I got granola bar. Yeah, I got, I got freaking Uncrustables. I got a Mountain Dew. Like, what do you want? And, and like, there's been Venmo transactions out in the hills with myself. Like, someone's got a side of a big deer horn. I'm like, dude, I'll give you 100 bucks right now for it. Done. Or trade like, you know, maybe you've got two brown horns and they've got yours, trade them two big ones or two brown ones and, you know, get that side. So there's been really good altercations. You know, I've heard of some on the opener here in Utah. I heard of a guy, watch a guy walk up to a tree and pull a horn out and went and ripped his ass because he poached that shed earlier. And, you know, there's, I've, I've heard of things like that, but most of the time there's, it's just that you run into somebody doing the same thing as you, you're pissed off out there in your spot but there's nothing you can do. It's all public land, and you're both out there grinding. So. You're probably, you're what, 30, pushing up on 30? 30. So 30. You've been, it sounds like you've been doing this pretty much your, since you were a kid, yeah. teenager. 20 years. What's probably. the haunting, what's the pressure like? Has it changed in your lifetime, or has it always been yeah. pretty, it's gotten, pretty much the same? It's gotten a lot worse. And knock social media all you want. I, I, I will knock. It has turned it into a rat race out there. We used to be able to go up to my house right above Canab and go for a hike for 10 miles and find 20 plus antlers just crush it and like big horns too and like have a lot of fun you went and see another boot track up there doing the same activity you're doing and that's anywhere you go anywhere around and even you know like i can't say so much for elk because we're so focused on deer but you probably saw it for yourself how much it's gotten so popular whether it be antler prices or whether it be trying to be cool on social media it has gotten disgustingly popular and it's hard to find many places without boot tracks nowadays i don't think there's many people that are actually hunting sheds for monetary gains because i think most people are probably spending more gas than they are in game i think a lot of it's it's the dopamine hit but picking up a big antler it's the unknown and i think it's social media Mm -hmm. if i'm honest yep that's what i think it is that's my opinion couldn't agree more. And I would, I have, it's hard for me to not rank social media higher. Yeah, than the could other be. Ones. And I'm not, and I'm not saying that, and this is just me throwing it out there. I'm not saying that that's like, you know, bad. I'm just yeah. saying that's your value. That's fine. Good for you. Rock on. Just maybe, you know, other people's are different and that's okay too. I'm, I'm just, just I'm just definitely yeah. saying it, it's a motivation. For sure. And look, yeah. I, it's, it's not for me, but who am I to, who the fuck am I to say? Yeah. Because obviously they have traction with it, right? Yeah. Like they're, they're gaining, making a living. Yeah. They're, yeah. they're mm-hmm. gaining some uh, attention with, with what they're doing. Like, oh shit, I'm all for it. Just not for me. You know, so you do think the, the pressure's higher than way higher. You? Absolutely. <laughs> that's why I work so hard to find places where people don't go. So like last few years, I haven't really seen people, but that took years and years of trying to figure out different units, traveling around Utah to find a place where I don't run into people as much. You're one of those guys that travels to outside of your area. Oh yeah. To find to sheds. find the bone zone. You're Absolutely. the guy. He yep. lives in the bone zone. It I like. have a pocket that I have had f- forever and it's near where I grew up. 
And I used to be able to hit that, whether it was end of March, May, June, didn't matter. When I hit that pocket, I'd find sheds because it was like my little pocket, right? Last year, two years ago, I picked up five sheds. So I only have like three, I only have like three days ever now that I, mm-hmm. I actually get out and go shed hunting. But I picked up like five. And just as I was picking this one up out of a sagebrush, I look over and there's a guy standing there watching oh, me. Some bitch. And I've got four or five on my pack and I've got one in my hand and he's like, oh, looks like there are some elk around here. And I was like, yeah, man, found a few. And he's <laughs> like, cool. Talked to him a little bit. He's from Vernal. And this is not near Vernal. <laughs> not near Vernal. <laughs> Which I'm like, you drove by how many units to get to, to get this here? Unit? Yeah. The next year I went back, I hit my same pocket. I picked up three. I got back to my truck. Nine guys. Oh, my gosh. They had 23 between them. Wow. And they had spread out across this hillside and just flat gridded it out and cleaned up. I didn't even bother going back. I'm not going back. Like, I won't go back this year just because I'm like, I guarantee you. And I probably should, you know, but I'm just like, yeah, is it worth the gas money, you know? But like, that's, that's an example to me. Like, it went from like being my pocket, you know, yeah. to now within, you know, a couple of years, few years, somebody's found in that and they're just like gridding the hell out of it. Yeah. yeah and that's, so the, the hunt to shed hunt. Mm-hmm. difference right yeah yeah you're not having nine guys with a tag hunting and... hunting is capped there's only mm-hmm. so many people with a tag right but yeah. shed hunting i mean you could show up with i mean you could show up with your whole crew whole family what do you guys think shed hunting permit what do you think future how do you feel about that that idea a no, lottery no. to I'm shed never, hunt i've never toyed with that i've never thought about it but i think it's it's kind of like can we regulate it ourselves type of thing like can mm-hmm. we respect the animals can we respect the land enough to not and i i just think there's so many people in the hunting landscape in the shed hunting landscape in any of that that it's just becoming too popular that something has to be done as much as i hate to say it there's a reason why there are seasons now which sucks hmm. but if it makes sense it it, it you have to there shouldn't know? have to be though you know like i just Anytime you add mm-hmm. more oversight from Sucks. a state body or, you know, governance or whatever it is, it should not be, it sh- that should not be the case. If everyone could just, you know, wait till May 1st, you yeah. know what I mean? Like, yeah, not just try to limit the shitheads to the best of our abilities. We've done a decent job with it in hunting, right? Like, yeah. you think about how many game wards are out there for how many hunters like we police ourselves there's yeah, no question about it we have we've done a great job and, and hunters have we've all and, collectively and, and progressively gotten way better there's a lot way better I, I personally i think there's a lot less poaching than there was when i was i com- entirely agree right, so. and i think people's moral <laughs> compasses because of social pressures and mm-hmm. because of the like it is really genuinely changed like it's even gotten to the point now where if you kill a 190 inch buck off the Ponsacot, like uh, whatever but if you kill a 190 inch buck off of you know, Pine Valley, it's a huge thing, right? Because yeah. it's the limited compared to, mm. to general, right? Yep. Um, it's gotten to like, you know, the just the big animal doesn't matter as if it wasn't, you know, done the way society, you know, expected, expects it to be done. Yeah. So like with, with the shed hunting stuff, it shouldn't have to get to that point. You know what I mean? It should not have to be a permit. I would be, I'm not a shed hunter, but man, if it went to a permit, I would be devastated like that just doesn't right. sound it doesn't need to get to that yeah for the record i don't want that to happen yeah, i'm not i'm not suggesting that it should happen and the, or that i want it to happen i don't think 
I, I don't want it to be. Right. It's so, just typically that this is how the, the ball rolls. Like correct. You, a thing builds, it gets more popular. It gets to a point where potentially maybe there's an impact. And at that point you have, you know, a state entity looking at regulating it, which we had a season this year, you know, yeah. next year, is there a season and a permit that you have to buy? I mean, I don't know. I don't want it to see it. I don't want to see it go to that. It just and makes if, me wonder. And if shed hunters can collectively get together and kind of self police and do yeah. it right and try to weed out as many shitheads as possible, mm-hmm. like it should not have to get to that point. It is yeah. a, it is an entirely recreational thing. You are not taking a life. You're not, you know, yeah. it's like, doesn't necessarily need to be managed to that level just needs to be the common understanding of like, Hey, this is when it starts. If you're a shithead, get out of here. I'm turning you in, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It just makes me, it makes me wonder though. And that's why I asked the question about pressures. I was just curious on whether, cause I think, the, I think a lot of it's perception. I think there's the perception that, Hey, there's more than ever because now it's in your face. My Every spot. time you open up yeah. your Instagram, you have yeah. some dude with a giant set of sheds and it just like that public perception that maybe it's more, but it's, I just wanted to know, you know, and you guys answered, it does sound like there's actually more people on the so, landscape. Yeah. Yeah. Um, why do people smell sheds? Oh, dude. The only, the only, that's <laughs> so I've always strange. wondered that. You know, actually. this is a thing. Yeah, I'm so happy. I, I did not know you had these questions. And oh, I love did. these questions. Yeah, these, are, <laughs> these are incredible. Why? Why? What is that? My buddy smells them. Oh, I know. I've I've sat there and watched people just an Pick elk shed up, antler, and they've got the burn. It's right there by their nose, and they're just circling that. I mean. That's a great question. Yeah. No, I think it's, I mean, if I, if I were to look at it, do you like the smell of wet sagebrush? Anybody? Yeah, I do. I do. It's, I think it's like that. It, if you associate a smell with a good feeling or a good thought, you smell it. I was going to say something and I restrained myself. I'm very <laughs> proud of myself. We keep going. I know exactly where that went. But keep, keep going. I'm very proud of myself. Right and, and I think of that because my buddy, he will pick up a, a brown one and just... You go, oh, it smells just like an elk. I love that smell. Oh, I've seen dudes sit there on their couch and just continually sniff. I haven't the seen base it since that. It's out. like a quick, like, you yeah, have. It like you've been that guy. It hasn't been me. I guarantee you. I guarantee you, you're that guy and you're that guy. <laughs> I know it. I don't know a shed hunter that's not sitting around sniffing <laughs> There's their There's no sheds. way I have ever I've sat never there sniffed one. I don't believe you. That's the strangest I don't believe it. Looking at my hog and grabbing my horn. Dude, that's so weird. I don't believe you. That is the strangest. You can ask my fiance. I'm if she ever walked in as smelling a horn, no, this is weird. Uh uh-uh. uh. You have. You sick oh, I have for sure. <laughs> yeah, because I'm honest. Of course, exactly. I, of Somebody course at least I've is being honest. Here. Smelled sheds. It's I don't not know why. Something that I get my rocks off I to, just, though. <laughs> I just think it's the funniest thing ever because it's typically. One of the first things you see people do, they'll pick up a shed, they'll look at it, check it all out, sniffing the bird. I'm gonna now. <laughs> I've never been, the, I'm gonna now. Like, Which is so funny to huh. me. I'm gonna go yeah, home yeah, and smell a, my horns. That's a whole thing. Interesting. Um, I like these pressing questions. Yeah, do you guys know, um, Yeah. We, how long have we been going? We've been going a while, huh? Hour and 40? Hour gotcha. 40. Yeah, we can. I wanna keep getting into these good questions. <laughs> the mind, the <laughs> minds of shed hunters. So I wanted to ask you guys, do you, uh, the market for shed hunting, shed antlers, right? I know you guys sell some, right? Um, do you know why? What What's the market? What What, what pushes it? What are, yeah. pe- what are people selling? I've always it? heard dog dog chews. That's all I've ever heard. Dog chews are huge. That's a really big one. I, I do think like decor for people's cabins and things is mm-hmm. huge. Um, chandeliers. And then also I've heard a lot of it for medicine. 
um, like the guy that from I a saw a lot, a lot of my antlers <laughs> too, right? He has some, some hog, maybe grow them a hog a little more. Um, mm. He sells them to China. And so, and then they ground them up and make medicine. Gotcha. Yeah. Heard that too. Dog yeah. chews are coming up all over Petco, Sportsman's, all mm. these pet places. Um, my dog loves them. We, we talked about it earlier. My, my dog just will sit there and gnaw on it all day long and it, they hold up really well. Like my sister, she has like a little toy Shih Tzu, and she loves gets pumped about horns anytime antlers. Anytime I uh, do, you find cut them up. No, we just give her give her the whole two. I mean, the two point horn or, or something yeah. small. That they Have you ever of, cut them up and tried to sell them as dog I chews? Haven't. Mm. I saw that. Does it break of, your heart when you see people do? It kind of makes me sick a little bit. But it's I like, knew that. It what, did. what else is it gonna? What else are you gonna do with it? You know, like. I, I knew that it did. I, it knew that, I knew that when Branson saw a Someone bandsaw go through an elk shed. I could be fondling that horn. I could be sniffing that horn. I could be sniffing that. Yeah. yeah. I, have a, I have a story about that, which is, which is why I don't and will not ever give my dog uh, horns or antlers. So when I was in, in college, I bought my first dog a Chesapeake Bay Retriever, trained myself for duck hunting. It was like my whole thing. I'd also, I was moving some animals that I had killed and the very first velvet buck I'd ever killed, I was taken up to college with me and I left it on the ground. And when she was a puppy, she chewed it up and it's like chewed up the front, the front left fork. I thankfully could get it a little bit repaired. It definitely looks a little wonky, but, and it just like ruined me. So now with my dog, I have an Australian shepherd now, like I will not give him horn. Cause I don't, cause I have, you know, like my wife killed her bull. It's in our garage until the taxidermist yeah. needs it. Mm-hmm. I just don't want there to ever be a confusion mm-hmm. of like, See this? this you don't okay get this. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you don't get this. Like this thing, don't ever chew on it. Like that. That's why I have a I have a weird spot with people that giving dogs antlers. Just hmm. like man, you're kind of inviting a little yeah. a little habit. Yeah, my there. dog doesn't chew antlers. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and I've got them all over the place, but I I won't. And there's a couple them. dogs in the office here that um, chew on chew. the on the sheds. Hmm. I keep my door closed all the time because I always have. Yeah. I've always got some skull plate in there that's ready to go to the tax room it's the last thing i need is one of those dogs going in there and chewing one yeah i train mine to go pick up antlers yeah i know i know that's the thing Mm -hmm. yeah they they make uh antler dogs yeah shed hunting dogs now yeah Yeah. they train them does that how how effective do you think they are like do you Uh, think that it's actually a thing that's what i was is this a thing like it works it's actually a thing i mean talking to people um they they've done really well it's not i don't like seek my dog out like go find horns is it a is it a retriever mainly? Yeah. What is it? It's what a, are they using? Mine's a, a retriever and a Catahoula, really smart dog. And and it it was it was really simple. Like he, I would be like, here's a horn, chew on it, and then I'd go hide it. But I'd go find the horn, and he'd go find it, sniff it out. And it got to the point where like I spotted a horn from like 100 yards away, big white one underneath the tree. And I says, go find the horn, and it's just like a dog it would zig and zag, work it, work it, work it. Boom, found it, brought it right back to me. And it's like. There's people that will cast their dog in in, in, a, in a proper term is they will go find the horn. The dog will wander off, come back with the horn. And it's like, damn, that's cool. You know, like, and I've seen that. I've seen people do that. I did not know this. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And they can cover a hell of a lot more country than mm-hmm. you can. Yeah. I just didn't know really? how effective it was. Yeah. yeah I mean, it, it's genuinely effective. Like it's yeah. working for people yeah. that have it. Yeah, that's it's what better saying. than you not having one. Yeah, I've mm-hmm. talked to people that like they <clears throat> genuinely find more horns because their dog brings them to them. And they have a whole call thing, everything. Like my Chesapeake was dead bird. Like if I ever said dead bird, she was locked in looking for whatever was out yeah. there. Like yeah. if we had dropped a, a bunch of them out of a group that came in and we only picked up half, I'd just cash her out and say dead bird, and she'd go yep. find mm-hmm. them. 
They're, it's the it, same thing, huh? Yeah, it's, it's pretty amazing. One quick story. Jeff Baird, we all know him, love him. He has a... <laughs> uh, no, I love him. Have you met his dog? Mm-hmm. Uh-uh. The smartest damn dog this side of the Mississippi. We were, I was up there at Fish Lake with him this year, and he had a stick. We were playing fetch. Pitch dark, middle of the night. He would throw the stick in the forest. Damn dog would come back with a stick every time. And, and for it to have that set scent recognition was incredible. And it's just the same thing. That has a scent on it. It has the same mineral. <clears throat> get them used to that. Get them trained fetching that. Go find that horn. It's not going to come back without it. I could get into the, the dog. I love Cool. It. That's yeah, my favorite dog, part dog about waterfowl awesome. hunting. That's what got me into waterfowl hunting was the dog. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, like I, I absolutely was like overly addicted from waterfowl hunt, by waterfowl hunting from the dog work. That's sure. what I loved about it. Dogs are awesome. Here's some information for you on selling antlers and where they end up. So this one, I kind of found this back. This goes back to the Jackson Elk Refuge that, you know, established. They pick up all the elk horns, yeah. elk sheds. So uh, it said in 1968, town officials planned an auction to sell 5,000 pounds of antlers, hoping to attract, uh, lo- to make local, you know, gun racks or furniture or whatever it was. And it said on that day, uh, nearly all the antlers were bought by two men, both who represent uh, firms from Hong Kong. So I think from like 60s, 70s, 80s, up through like early 2000s, most of those were bought and sold and sent overseas to China. Um, It says in traditional Chinese medicine, antlers often sliced into rounds and served with ginseng or crushed into powder. Hard antlers uh, purported purported to have anti-inflammatory qualities. Um, So it was kind of used as... You know, boner pills. I've heard that a bunch back yeah. in the days. I know before Viagra. I know velvet. <laughs> velvet. Was, yeah, but this is actual hard antler. Hard? Got, yeah, hard oh, really? ground antler. Yep. And then um, this is kind of interesting. He said by t- in 2004, a man named Michael Thomas helped change the antler industry for good. Thomas was reportedly at a friend's house watching a, a Dallas Cowboys game and saw a buddy, uh, his dog was chewing a whitetail shed, and he thought, huh, maybe I can make a business of this and uh, started making, buying antlers to cut into pieces for dog chews. And it says that the large bulk of antlers that are bought and sold in the U.S. this year or every year from like early 2000s, 2004 on are dog chews. That's crazy. Really? I can't believe the market's that market's big. market's that big. So it is driven by dog chews. Dog chews mm-hmm. right now. Yeah, dog chews. Man, those hmm. the Chinese culture, man, they're, they'll eat anything. That was going to be <laughs> one of my like, yeah. There's into snake blood and shark fins and oh, rhino, yeah, there was, rhino there, horns, all kinds there, of shit. There was a good one here. You asked about velvet. Yeah. Um, I found a source that said, oh, I got to find it real quick. It was a great one. It basically it said that, uh, oh, yeah, some spas in Russia, which is home to Eurasian elk and reindeer, offer a treatment which customers bathe in water mixed with velvet and blood from harvested deer antler velvet. Oh. That's normal. The purpose being, or the outcome potentially being. I mean, you know, just more manly. (laughs) You know what I mean? (laughs) Just more blood flow. More, but I mean, there you go. There's a good one for you. You asked about velvet. That is interesting. So yeah, a couple couple antler facts on where these actually all end up. Mostly dog chews. So that's the driving, that is the driving market. Yeah, driving market at this point. Rolling, you guys know that? Rolling, rolling, rolling. rolling, rolling, rolling. Some Limp Biscuit, Bro. Not if you're on Shed Antler. (laughs) High school classic. (laughs) Um, Have you ever ground up a shed and taken it for for a pill? I haven't. I'm to, though. It sounds fantastic. Do you think you might try it? (laughs) Yeah, take it. Will you try it and report back? No, absolutely not. Honeymoon. I mean, it's full. Honeymoon. Honeymoon. Calcium. 
I mean, that's got to be a benefit, right? It's got to be. I mean, you can just get powdered calcium. Exactly. It's trace trace minerals in these. But yeah, it is. Got to be. Uh, let's run real quick, and we'll, we'll wrap up. We're about done. We've been going a long time. But I wanted to just run through. Um, are you guys aware of, like, what shed hunting laws are across some western states right now? Like, I know Utah, May 1st. That sounds like it's going to be on a rolling case by year by year basis. They're yeah. going to look at the winter and kind of decide, put it out. Um, Utah, you do have to take a shed hunter ethics course, right? Online, totally free. You sign it, you print it, that's you take if, it with that's you. That's if it's a regular season. A regular season. Yep. Mm-hmm. After yep. this May 1st, you don't have May to. May 1st, you're good to go. Yeah. Uh, Colorado, do you guys know? May 1st. May 1st? Yep. Okay, and that's all public lands I read west of Interstate 25. Mm-hmm. So mostly the western slope, right? Uh, I did read that the shed closure runs into May 15th in the Gunnison Basin, and I think that's been hmm. new maybe this year just based on, on weather, so be aware of that. What about Wyoming? Um, non-residents have to purchase a conservation stamp for $21.50. Okay. Interesting. Um, Residents and kids under 15 years of age are exempt. Okay. And I also read, did it pass where they were going to open shed season sooner for residents? Yeah. Next year it goes into effect. Next year. So a week earlier? Yep. So non-residents don't come to Wyoming and hunt sheds? Yeah. Nope. You you won't find anything. Can you imagine (laughs) if hunting did that? Yeah. yeah, I'd be so, don't I put would that be evil out into the world, Ricky. Beyond <laughs> frustrated. <laughs> yeah, what, how, does, how did Wyoming pull that off? Yeah. I would be beyond frustrated. There was a lot of people pretty frustrated. That one's May first, May fifteenth, also. In yeah, some May first, May fifteenth, uh, Nevada. May first, actually. There's a whole bunch of counties that are yeah. kind of closed until May first, um, so that makes it a little bit difficult. Um, and then they all shed hunters have a collection certificate is required. And that's from May 1st to June 30th. So it's a, basically an antler gathering course or certificate. Like Is it free? Do you have to pay for Oh, you purchase it? I believe it's free. Okay. Similar to Utah, then. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Gotcha. Um, Arizona. Utah, Utah seems to piggyback a lot. Or sorry, Nevada seems to piggyback a lot on Utah. So yeah. I, would, I would imagine it Yeah, would I think Utah same. probably piggybacked on Nevada on that one. I think Nevada's really? been first, right? Nevada's oh, had really? a. Hasn't Nevada I had think a Wyoming season? Was first. It, it's been a minute for Nevada, yeah. 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 Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is how out of it I am. My own state. <laughs> shed hunting. No clue. It's your world. Yeah. Arizona? Anything? Nothing. New Mexico? Nothing. Good to go. Those southern states, they figure. It's warm enough. Warm yeah. enough. Habitat's good enough. Yeah. Idaho? No. Surprisingly. I don't think they did one this year. Yeah. And I know they're talking about it. There yeah. Are, yeah. There were a lot of people complaining that they didn't do one this year. Mm-hmm. seen a lot of winter kill up there. They weren't too happy about that. And Mon- Montana? I Nothing? haven't seen anything. I haven't, mm-hmm. seen, I haven't heard anything either. Cool. So that's kind of a case by case. Um, well, cool. I appreciate you guys coming on. Do you, do you have any yeah. other burning questions? Not, not entirely. <laughs> no, just, I, did, did you get, do you get it now? No, you still don't I get still it. Don't get it. You're not, and I'll tell you like my high level thought right now is, you know, you, you've talked about it. I've talked about it. You guys talk about, you don't have much time away from work, all this stuff. It's all like, it all comes down to time, right? Like mm-hmm. we only have mm-hmm. so much time. I mean, we, you have where you're running a whole basketball team in your house. I'm mm. getting started on a small basketball team now. It's like the last thing I have is time, mm. right? When I come out of hunting season, I'm just like, okay, I need to, I need to like tie up before ne- my life falls apart again next August. You know, that's like to think about the time again out away. You know, disconnected. And I yeah. don't know. It's just a tough, 
that time constraint. I have taken my kids on some shed hunts that were very memorable for them. Like, it, I think it's a good opportunity to get your kids out. You know, I I remember I took uh, my two oldest. It's been probably three years ago, and we picked up two sets of one evening, and we did an overnight camp. The next day, we hiked around for maybe half a day, and then we you know belled off and went home. Um, we drove around at night and shot some jackrabbits. So just made it made a trip of it. You know, fun. so it was a, yeah, yeah, it was it was fun. And know, that's it, a, it, when my my son's way too young for yeah. that, but like. Whatever he wants to do, I will be in for. So yeah. you two can't talk me into it. But if my son we'll wanted to turtle. go, hell yeah. Get Turtle we'll up here. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> we need to take Turtle uh, shed hunting and yeah. he'll be all in. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, before, I, before I go, I did have one more. I wanted each of you to tell me, like, most memorable pickup. I'll take this one right here. I watched this one drop. It was pretty awesome. Videoed it even. Is that like the holy grail of shed hunting? Yes. Yes, actually, the, sec- the the holy grail that I've been looking for is um, there's a bunch of rams that died on a unit, and I've been looking for one of their deadheads. Which you can't pick up, by no, the way. No, but, but, <laughs> but you can call the conservation officer, they'll plug it, and they'll give it to you. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. It probably died because I went, <laughs> but mm-hmm. yeah, no, that this, this was my favorite. I was sitting there glassing some bulls. They walked up over a hill. I videoed it. He dumped it, and I was like, holy shit, that's awesome. It's just cool to, yeah. to see something like that, and so I think that's probably... Probably my top one for sure. Done both sides equally? Just one side. He just had one side. And so that's why I was rolling film. Because I'm like, man, he could dump it at any time. And just kind of. Did you ever find the other side? Nope, never did. Of course. Never did. Really? Yep. Man, that sucks. Yep. That gets into a whole other discussion, but (laughs) we'll we'll wrap it up. Yeah. Yeah. I would say for me, this six point right here, um, this is my wife's biggest antler to date. And just to see the reaction on her face when she found it and to be there with her was pretty awesome. I, I definitely think that's why we do it right there so did you see it first no no she she goes off on her own and disappears and sometimes i lose her but she always comes back with sheds so <laughs> kind of like the dogs you know she sounds pretty good yeah <laughs> she's not trailing you right right nope, behind no, you not yeah. even close in training we're in, in training, training over here <laughs> well good deal well we appreciate you guys coming thanks, I know we were, yeah. thanks we were, for having us we thanks tra- for sticking up for shed hunters mm-hmm. yeah absolutely Pump. I'm you pumped still think it's a, wor- a worthwhile thing to do? Oh, absolutely. You think you'll do it forever? Absolutely. I think so. Yeah. Very cool. Would Thanks. you Would you identify yourself as a shed hunter? Absolutely. Wow. And I'm sure a lot of guys in the comments will too. <laughs> Stick up for us, guys. Oh, they will. <laughs> Good. Yeah, they will. Good. I will say they're a passionate bunch. Yeah. yeah. Good. Yeah, they feel very passionately about their pursuit, which is great. Good yeah. on them, man. I and I get it. Don't get me wrong. Never totally trips a trigger. Yeah. Yeah. I like to I like to give them some shit, but I totally get it. <laughs> I get it. Yeah. We're we're winning Lorenzo over. So hey, one day, no nah. turtle. We're getting him out there. <laughs> no. Yeah. It's not That's for me. what it takes. It's for mm-hmm. you. All good. We get not turtle out. He picks up a shed. Pumped. Right here. I'm gonna say, yeah. put that shit down. We're gonna go. <laughs> we'll go kill him in the fall. <laughs> all right. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. Yeah.